Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's up, my Palazzo pals? It's Michael Govier with a pre-show intro to let you know that we are aware several things are already outdated on this show, which we did on Tuesday night. Chris Sale is injured. Adley Rushman, who was asked about during the show, is now hurt with the triceps injury. So some of this stuff you're going to be listening to and say, well, wait a minute. I wouldn't want that guy now either. I also mentioned Alex Reyes, who I really liked this year still, despite the high walk rate. Now Alex Reyes could be out for a while with a shoulder. Who hell knows what it is. But... It's over. So disregard the Alex Reyes comment now. But at the time, I believed it before I found out he was having an MRI and he could be out for a while today. I don't want you to think I'm a moron. And I really appreciate the integrity that I have with you. And I hope to maintain that because it's big money making season, baby. And I'm excited for 2022 fantasy baseball. I'm really giddy. So I just wanted to let you know before the show starts. Some of the things you hear on the show are now dated, even though it's been less than 24 hours since we did the show. Thank you so much, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. That's great, it starts with a handshake. Pens and papers, no shame. Jay Bruce is not afraid. Eye of a hurricane, listen to yourself. Turn owners of their own needs, players lose their own needs. You are listening live to the Blotso Podcast. Welcome to the show! Today, Deary and Govier are going to talk about the MLB free agent frenzy that is overtaking the nation. There are players you need to know about. Is there vaccine issues in New York? Will players be unavailable for opening day in April? Find out on today's show! If you don't know, now you know! We'll tell you which players... Deary and Govier want to get on the record with before opening day. Your drafts are in full swing, so you're going to need to know everything you possibly can about who they like, who they're avoiding, and who they're curious about. All of that and much, much more will be on today's edition of the Palazzo Podcast. It's going to be a doozy just like it always is. Take it away, boys! 
Welcome to the Bozo Experience. Uh, I'm going to leave. I'll be right back. So yeah. All right. I'll run solo on this one. Uh, we'll see what I can talk about for an hour and a half. We got a lot to talk about here, man. There's been a lot of moves going on. We got a nice little slate of things we're going to talk about today on the Palazzo Pod. So I'm excited. Govier with technical difficulties. Usually it's me, but this time it's Michael and he's back. Well, I guess what happened? What happened? Utah. Give me two. I had the YouTube open, so it was in my browser, and I was hearing the channel live. So everything I was saying was being repeated again and again and again. You're trying to watch yourself, listen to yourself. I've never done that ever. I apologize for that. Welcome to the show. We're live. Utah, give me two. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, Woo-hoo! give me two. We are stoked to be here. MLB free agency is booming right now, Deary. Do you Ooh. think the Tigers are going to make a big splash this week? <sighs> No, I don't. I just don't trust. Like, I, I, amazingly, I trust like Al Avila for some reason because I just trust him more than Illich. Like, I wish AJ Hinch could just run this whole organization because, like, he's the one that I trust the most. But I just don't trust Illich to make any type of move. I'd really like them to go after and get another starting pitcher. Seems like oh, just selling everybody right now. Go get Sean Manaya. Go get Frankie Montez. It doesn't seem like it would take too much to get those guys, but. Come on, you can't run with Tyler Alexander as your number five and Matt Manning as your number four this year. I I don't necessarily think they need Correa. This is the thing that's bothering me on Detroit radio right now. They're like, get Carlos Correa, get Carlos Correa. No, then you got a log jam on the infield. There's no reason for that. You already signed Baez to a long term. I agree. There's no need for the Detroit Tigers to sign Carlos Correa. He will make a lot of money, and I wish him all the best. Every human being deserves to maximize the pursuits in life, right? But there is no need to put Korea on this squad because they've got no. enough players already. Plus, it's a fucking pipe dream, anyways. Chris exactly. is not going to sign Carlos Correa. It's no. a total fraud. That would never. There's. I can't believe we're even talking about it now. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Yep, there's move nobody. On, move on. Is there somebody else though? I'm talking like minor league deals or a small time invite to spring training that the Tigers might be on to. Are you hearing anything? Have you looked? around have you heard some exciting news for our tigers i haven't heard anything yet i don't know i got checked with our detroit guys marty and raj see what they think i don't know they're on the, on the nose sometimes that's true they are i don't think by the way that's a really good point we should give credit to motorcitybengals.com go there check out their work if you want to find out what's going on with the tigers truly and in great detail motor city Bengals is the place to be bar none our main man, Rogelio Castillo. Shout out to him. And, of course, you already said Marty, who I missed at the Glarf draft, which we'll talk about later, Deary. You and I were not at the actual live draft. We'll talk about Glarf, the results of our draft this past Saturday, and so much more in today's show. But Motor City Bengals, Rogelio Castillo, those guys are fantastic. Also, Tiner, Tigers Minor League Report is an excellent source. If you're looking for prospects, you want to go dig in a little bit. If they don't know it, then it doesn't exist. Trust me. Yep. I know what I'm talking about. They are in their no, in the know. They know everything about the Tigers organization. These guys travel to Erie and Toledo and get to Tigers minor league games. They know everything about the Detroit Tigers. And even if you're just a casual MLB fan, you want to know what's up and coming for Detroit. Rogelio, Chris Brown, these guys know what they're talking about. Sam Skippy, I'm all about 
supporting people who give you what you need. And we all need more information. We don't need less, right? We need to be overloaded and drowned in it. We need to be bathed in it and just sopping up all this info until we can't even remember our own names. Does that sound good, dear? Lather up. <laughs> Lather up. Remember that thing? Pop, pop a shot. We used to have a Papa Shop basketball in the house me and Deary lived at in 2007 in Ann Arbor on Main Street. Good old Main Street. Kitty Corner from the Big House, which is, for those of you that don't know anything about college football, where Michigan plays football every year. And we had this Papa Shop, which is... <laughs> people not call it Papa Shop. What else would you call it? It's a little mini basketball, electronic basketball thing. I don't know. You seem like you spent a decent penny on it. And Yeah, we had a prime spot, man. You could throw a stone and put it right next to Michigan Stadium. We had a prime spot for one year. We did. Uh, I think that Papa Shot was 200 bucks. by the way. It wasn't uh, outrageously expensive. It was a little flimsy as well. <laughs> if you look at the foundation, it was made of these thin rods that were made of yeah. aluminum. Maybe, probably not. Anyways, a lot of drunken stupidity happened in that back room of that house. Papa <laughs> Shot. You know, it's basically arcade basketball where you have two hoops and you're going nonstop shooting those mini basketballs, trying to score as many points as you can in a minute or less. Man. Those were good times. Oh, Dave Petrucci knows about that. First off, <laughs> Dave's on our live chat, which you guys can all participate in anytime by being a part of the YouTube stream. Plazo Podcast on YouTube. Plazo Podcast on Twitter. Twills two Z's. Utah. Dave knows us very Give well. Me too. Dave is an old friend of myself and Deary's. He says, first off, that house burned down last summer. Bummer. Hey, guys, with Christian Pash being traded to the Athletics, you think they will push him up sooner than the Braves were going to? Yeah, well, first of all, Rummage's house next door burned down. It is Yeah, still- that's a lie, Dave. How dare you? We can share Rummage stories some other time. Uh, Rummage, yeah, Pash- uh, okay, yeah, we got a table Rummage, Deary, because Rummage is a legendary figure, not just in Ann Arbor history, but for all times of folklore and mythic figures that exist in pop culture and around the world. There is Ann Arbor rival mythic- Rummage. Ann Arbor mythic fig- figures, and he was our next-door neighbor. Guy lived he there was. for 60 years, and his house burned down over the summer sad. last year. It's so sad. He's a good guy, too. We'll talk rummage another time, but that's a little teaser for you. Good old rummage. Anyways, Kristen Pash is in Oakland now, and they're having a fire sale, dearie, so buy on Pash. They're going to play him all day long, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Loriano is going to be out for the first, uh, I don't know how many games he still has to serve on the suspension, but it looks like, uh, you know, over here on roster resource, they got Christian Pesh uh, batting ninth and starting in center field to start off. Uh, He got a quick cup of coffee with Atlanta last year. Uh, Didn't really look too comfortable yet. I mean, he was, you know, one of their top prospects. He's still a top 40 prospect. So we'll see. But I mean, this is just a lineup that absolutely looks like shit right now. Tony Kemp. Elvis Andrews, <laughs> Stephen Piscotty, Seth Brown in the four hole, Chad Pinder. Do- I mean, <laughs> oh man, this team is tr- trash. I mean, this is win? probably why the Mariners are making some moves because the Mariners are like, shit, man, we can make the playoffs in this division. <laughs> the Mariners will be in the playoffs this year. They are doing everything possible to make it a reality and end the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball. And I really hope they do it because. I know a lot of great Mariners fans. They're really good people. And I got it wrong, by the way. It's Christian Pache. 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 Okay. I want to give a shout out to Baseball Pods, who gave us a pronunciation guide last year. Pache. I can't believe I blew it. Pache. 
Uh, yawn. Forrest Lawn with the yawn and says, Cha, he subject quickly? Change subject quickly. Oh, Mariners. Wow, you're typing a lot, Forest Law. That's good topic for sure. Thank you, Forest Law. Welcome to the show. You seem like a newcomer. Jerry, do we know Forest Law? I do not know a Forest Law. Welcome to the show, Forest. Subscribe to the YouTube, and you can connect on our Twitter handle, Plausible Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. And that's where you can Give find two. out about all the cool stuff we got going on. We got a Patreon brew. We got a Discord channel rolling with secret channels, depending on the level of the Patreon that you're in now. We got so much to offer. We're becoming a legitimate show with actual... I don't know. What would you say? What would you call it, Deary? Actual... Pastiche? <laughs> credit? Uh, Credence? Credit? Or the credence. Uh, <laughs> we're, tr- we're trying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cred, street cred. We got street us. cred. People are technically paying us to do this show for the first time ever, dearie. It's never happened. We've had a few donations over the last two years, which you can always donate because we leave our PayPal's and our cash tags in the show description on our podcast platforms. But we actually have some patrons. So welcome new patrons. We have two Hall of Fame patrons. One of them happens to be Deary's wife. So hey, Christina, what? thank you so much. Here we I go. have no I have no idea this happened. Thank you, Christina. She and Steve Paulo. Shout out to Steve, who's one of the great men in the business today. Great human beings of all time, Steve Paulo. Him and your wife are the first two Hall of Famer patrons, which is our top level on Patreon. So uh, I already told Christina, thank you so much. You're very, very kind of you. And, you know, I expect that. I, I don't have a wife. I have a girlfriend. I guess she could support the show, too. But she hasn't. So I think that says it all. Christina is also a baseball fan, and Leanne is not. So I think Christina will actually gain some value from what we do here. She listens every week. Clifton Basically McClintock just... in the house. Love the name, McClintock. Clif- do you know about Clifton McClintock, Jerry? He's a no. fucking incredible human being. Clifton, what up, dude? Shout out to you. We've got a crew brewing here. I love it. I love our Palazzo Pals. So much to talk about, so I want to get into the show. But yeah. Clifton is a guy who I've, I've mentioned this on a previous episode, Deary. I met him on the baseball doesn't exist youtube channel we were chatting That's right yeah and he knows all about <laughs> the lore that goes into diamondbacks baseball and in particular one human being who was oh god am i losing the story now hey mcclintock am i forgetting the story clifton you gotta refresh my memory you saw something about a grand slam or something anyways I'm really grateful that Clifton comes by and checks out the show. He'll fill us in because there's a dude from Wisconsin that played for the Diamondbacks who hit a grand slam. And that's all I'm recalling right now because I'm brain dead and I'm doing a live show. And you think about a lot of things <laughs> when you're doing a live show. You really do. It's, there's a lot. It's going not. On. This is not scripted. This is not scripted. Unscripted with Deary and Govier. We could do our own unscripted on Fox Sports. Uh, what do they call that? Fox Sports 1? Forrest Law says, gotta love a happily married couple. That's very American of you. It's true. It is. It's also very American to have a girlfriend if you don't have a wife. We are Americans. Forrest, are you from uh, outside the United States? It's great to have international audience members. Welcome to the show. Jasper in the house. What up, Jasper? Good to see you. Jasper Springer is a regular contributor. And Jasper, I haven't seen you on our Discord and our Patreon yet. Jasper, you got to get your ass on that shit. All right. So anyways, uh, God, I feel bad about the Clifton McClintock story now. I hope you're still here, Clifton, so you could fill us in on the story refresh my memory because I really think it was a fascinating tale. It was about Wisconsin and the Diamondbacks. <laughs> now it sounds stupid. <laughs> Everyone else is hearing this. Stop. What are you talking about, Govier? It's fucking dumb. Anywho, 
Today's show, we're going to cover some things we wanted to get to last week, but last time we did a show, the CBA finally got done, but we didn't get a chance to cover a few things. So we're going to cover three different segments. Be curious, not judgmental. Players were curious about. If you don't know, now you know. Getting on the record with some of our takes, we'd like to get on the record. And stay away. Ignore one player. Take this player instead. Fun little game with just our own. You know, a little way of uh, switching it up with our monikers. Uh, okay, so like I said, the Discord is live. Go check that out. I'll drop the Discord link in the live chat here on YouTube so you can connect with us. We got a bunch of different channels on the Discord server, including unique channels that will give you exclusive access to player analysis questions for me or Deary. Or how about Russell Withers, friend of the show and loyal diehard, has his own channel on the Discord, Deary. It's called Russell's Armchair Advice Dungeon. <laughs> it's a little wordy, but I love it. Just thinking of here. Russell in a dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> Russell oh, dungeon. It here it is. Thank you, Clifton. Thank you. It was Damian Miller. Damn it. Damian Miller is from the same hometown as Clifton McClintock is. He was a scab player on the 94-95 player strike, part of the 2001 <sighs> Diamondbacks World Series team. He hit the first Grand Slam in Diamondbacks history off of Hershiser. Thank you. That is exactly what it was. <laughs> Yeah, so they're from the same hometown in Wisconsin. And now I know. Cool. No, Did you listen to and now you know the rest of the story? Did you remember Paul Harvey? Did you ever listen to that when you were a kid? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Paul Harvey. <laughs> Jasper's hiding out with an ellipsis, by the way. I don't know if that's good or bad. There's nothing wrong with hiding out, dearie. We love hiding out once in a while, don't we? A little Mysterio in me. It certainly is. Of course there is. Uh, that's part of your charm. But Paul Harvey was a legendary radio dude. Old time radio. Like he was around in the I don't know, 40s or some shit when he started. And he was in the 80s and the 90s still on the radio. And I think he died around 2000 or something. But he had this thing where he would tell a story on WWJ. It was on WWJ News Radio 950 here, which is like the most archaic radio station you could probably yeah, it's for it. 70, 75 plus. It is. That makes sense why Paul Harvey was on it when he was alive. But he would tell a story, and then it would end. It would be a fascinating, intriguing story. And it would end with, and now you know the rest of the story. That was his tagline. Story sucks. Yeah, I know. I couldn't I, I done I blew it. I shit that bad. What can I tell you? Forrest Law says in a Roto League, let's talk Roto rankings. Okay, yeah, we could talk Roto rankings. Sure, we take questions anytime you have them. Forrest wants to say, would you rather have Aaron Judge or Jordan Alvarez in Roto? Deary, go. That one's tough. I mean, the, the issues with Judge has been injury issues almost every single year. It seems like he's missing 20, 25 games. I absolutely adore Jordan Alvarez. I think he's an Absolute stud, 40 home run plus power is going to have a shitload of RBIs, as will Judge. But I think what you're going to get from Jordan is this guy could possibly hit 300. I mean, it's flip a coin for both of those guys. I think it depends where you're drafting, what you're already getting in your first couple of rounds. But these are these are guys that I'm probably targeting late round two, early round three in Roto. Okay. Between Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez, that's Deary's take. I'm going to go with Jordan as well. To me, there's no debate. Yes, you won't get the steals. Judge could provide you with a little bit of speed and get on the base paths and move around better than Jordan can. But Jordan Alvarez is a legendary Nelson Cruz-esque slugger. I'm talking prime Nelson Cruz. So 
I'm going to take him every time these two are argued about because I don't like Aaron Judge anyways. Okay. Yeah, and and Jordan seems to be okay with his knees. I mean, that was the big issue is this little degenerative knee issue. I mean, I I feel like he could be one of these guys that only plays 10 years in the league and he gets to his late 20s, early 30s, and those knees give out on him. But right now he's in prime time, tip-top shape right now. So uh, still a good lineup there in Houston. Uh, I I think you're getting good production from both, but I'm probably going Jordan right now too. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's what we think, Force Law. See, we break it down for you. We hook you up. We also give you two L's, two Z's. Ryan says, give me two. Utah. There you go. Give me two. Just for you, Ryan. Good to see you in the house. All you creatures of the winter are coming out of hibernation, right? We're getting some of the old crew back together. All the baseball people that don't stick around for the offseason because they're not that diehard are coming out of the woodwork. We got this little community brewing here. I love it, man. Dear, I'm really excited about our future. I really am. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, no, not at all. I'm ecstatic. I've been waiting for this show all day long. Hey, hey! Uh, I was just on the In This League podcast, too. They had a live show on Twitch. I jumped on for 10 minutes, and I did the Mr. Scream from Wayne's World 2. Do you remember that? Uh, Mr. Scream. I, yeah, God, remember when they, been... go into the, they go into the radio show or the radio station to promote Wayne's stock? And... <laughs> <laughs> Is it they're, they're like explaining and the guy's just not listening to them and they're just like yes, saying that's stupid exactly shit. it. Yes. Yeah. That's been a while uh, since I've seen that movie. Yeah. That's the guy from the Simpsons, uh, uh, Harry Shearer, the legend. He's oh, that's right. Spinal yeah. tap. And mm-hmm. he has a sidekick called Mr. Scream, who is Ted McGinley, who's from Revenge of the Nerds and Married with Children, some old yeah. shit that is mm-hmm. dated. And all Mr. Scream does is go, hey! You could have played that character. I truly could have. Yeah, I'm not as handsome as Ted McGinley, but I could do the scream. Anyways, I just did that on the In This League show. I showed up, I did that, we left. And we talked about free agency, which we're going to talk about here as well, guys. We're going to give you all our opinions. I always have a hard time getting into the show because there's always so much to talk about at the beginning. And I get caught up, dearie. I admit that freely. Two L's, two Z's from Jasper. Ryan says, I got the bird call. It's baseball season. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Little birdie. Little birdie's on your shoulder. Yeah, little birdie. We need... The what was that? Uh, movie, the trilogy with Jennifer Lawrence. It was a young adult the Hunger Game. Yeah, no, the we need the Hunger Game sound. You know what I'm talking about? They played at Yankee Stadium, I think, when somebody comes okay, up yeah. to bat or when you're nominated like, as a tribute. Woo! It's like I don't know how it goes. I can't do it out loud, but we need that for the show. That's an audio clip. I'll get later. Thank you, Clifton the Clintock says. Where do you think Correa is going to land? Back in Houston for the short term. I say he goes to Houston, Deary. Do you have a challenge to that or an alternative theory? I mean, there's been some chatter about the Cubs. I don't know why the Cubs would spend 200 and some odd million dollars on a guy for they're going to have. that's going to be a shit team for the next few years. They're not any good. I mean, Houston's still a World Series contending team. Verlander's coming back. I don't know what that original deal. Uh, I may have to look this up, what uh, they offered Correa, and he kind of turned down. I think it was more of like a five-, six-year deal with some incentives. I feel like that's probably the best spot is for him to go back. I mean, the – he hasn't gotten much traction in the in the in the market right now, and uh, you know everybody else seemed to have scooped up their shortstops. I'm you know the the two big names that I'm still waiting for, or three big names, is you know Freddie Freeman, Correa, and Trevor Story. I mean, 
Spring training games are starting tomorrow. These guys have got to sign here in the next few days. I thought we would have seen something today, especially with Freeman. Now that you know Matt Olson has gone over to Atlanta, I thought we would have seen something with him. And I, I, I heard that Houston has has started talks again with Correa. Correa, I think uh, he's probably heading back to the Astros. Yep, I think that's the case. I suppose there's a wild card. Welsh from in this league said maybe the Cubs. I think Bogman said that as well. The Cubs. So that's a wild card. Who knows? Uh, Clifton says, yeah, we covered that. Thank you, Clifton. Forrest Law is back with more. Roto rankings continued. Forrest has his own sideshow going on here where he just keeps this segment going. It's beautiful. He's asking us about players. (laughs) This is what we need to do is talk about players. I love it. That's why I'm thankful for Forrest Law. Thank you, Forrest. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Dylan Cease or Shane McClanahan this season? Everyone's on the Cease wagon. There's a ton of hype on Cease now. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, I guess I kind of want to go McClanahan here. I think I like his skill set as much as Cease's, but I also like what the Rays can do as a team and how they get the most out of their pitchers for the most part. So I think maybe by a hair, I actually would go McClanahan, but it's really, 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 really tight. I think McClanahan can walk less guys and not hurt your ratios as badly as Cease might. Both these guys are in the hype machine. I'm going to talk about the hype machine later, and there's hype on both of these guys. Dylan Cease reminds me a lot of the hype about Zach Plesak last year, who did not have a very good season. If you were getting Plesak in the sixth, seventh round last year, he did not live up to that. Dylan Cease is Telling that same narrative right now. I don't hate Dylan Cease. I think he's going to throw a lot of innings. He's going to win a lot of games on a very, very competitive World Series championship caliber team like the White Sox. And with McClanahan, it's like, how many innings is he going to get? You know, Tampa's going to do Tampa. So uh, I think I lean a little bit towards McClanahan. I think he's going to give you some great ratios. I just don't know how many innings he's going to give you. Yep. Okay. I'm down with that. I I'm going to dig deeper into Cease actually after the show because I want to get a final analysis so I'm crystal clear on how I truly feel about him because the hype, as you said, the hype machine is, woo, they're churning at full speed right now. Jasper says Cease over McClanahan because I'm a Sox fan, but that makes sense. Sure. Very easy. McClanahan more for his fantasy team, though, so that's intriguing. Ryan says, it is my guess some of these guys will take one-year deals, reset next year, since they kind of got screwed with no real time for negotiations. Mm. That's interesting theory. What do you think of that, dear? I think it's really risky. (laughs) It's really risky to go on one-year deals. You want to try to get as many years and as much money up front. I mean, because you take that one-year deal and something disastrous happens, you're you're out in the cold by yourself with no jacket. (gasps) Yeah, that sounds terrible. I would not want that to happen to me or to anybody I know in respect. So good call. I'm going to tell you this. we got a lot more players to talk about. It's a Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Start at the Twitter handle, and then you'll learn everything you need to know. we got a lot going on with the Plaza Podcast Invitational League 6. League 6 is now forming. Wow. We surpassed last year's four leagues. Already, I'm in League 5. We're drafting right now. You might have missed it if you're not following me on Twitter. I'm at MJ Govier. Follow Deary at CDeary1999. Deary as in dearly beloved. I got auto-drafted in our very own... <laughs> Auto-drafted in our very own podcast league that we run. That's pretty you pathetic, to, Deary. You have to do that every year. You just have to do it every year. Yeah, but th- 
This one pisses me off because I was driving around town I, and I was on the clock around three o'clock today. So I'm like, okay, I'm on the clock. I want to get this right though. So I'll wait till I get home. But I was running a couple errands. I was going to Lowe's. I told you I got that mouse crisis here. That still isn't over, man. That mouse crisis. We have two confirmed kills. Two. You <laughs> two, two confirmed kills. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, so I'm at, I'm in terror. I'm at total DEFCON one. Is DEFCON one the most intense? Because. That's the one I'm at right now. Yeah, I think it goes from five down to one. So yeah, it's it's not good right now. You only know that because of war games, right? <laughs> God, war games. <laughs> Haven't seen that one in like 30 years. That's the only reason I know it is because of war games. I don't know anything else about DEFCON other than what I saw in a movie that came out 39 years ago. But the mouse thing's a crisis. So I went to Lowe's and I'm running some errands to get some traps and some shit. And I got to fill up some holes with this spray stuff that turns hard. It's pretty wild. You spray it and it hardens up and it locks them out. So by the time I got back to the house and I had to set up the graphic for the show we were going to do later, two hours went by and I got auto pick, man. All this. Wait, what round is this? Uh, round 19, 18 and 19. Okay. Who'd you get, Josh Young? <laughs> uh, I guess it, it's not as bad as that, I suppose. Uh, Ryan says the Michigan sniper over here. Uh, what? Wait, my sniper? Oh, the two confirmed kills. Yes. These are mice, by the way, guys. I'm not killing any humans, but I, I would snipe a mouse if I had a gun, but that would be pretty gross, right? Wouldn't it be it would just explode? You can't even put a bullet in a mouse body, right? No. I, I, I don't know. You, I mean, you would have to have impeccable aim. You would. <laughs> I, I, have you yeah. ever held a BB gun or a oh. you know airsoft pistol? BB gun, that's a good idea, actually. That would fit the body. That that would be a kill, probably, if I shot it in the head. But that Somehow would you would shoot yourself. Like you shoot your eye out. Yeah. Uh, Jasper says, get a cat. Yeah, I wish I had no. Finley right now. Rest in power, Finley. I oh. wish Finley was here to support me, dearie. He would take care of everything. He really the would. cat was a savage. Cat was incredible. This cat was such a beast cat. I don't like cats. Deary's not a cat guy either, as far as I can tell. And Finley was a unique character. He roamed the streets. He was kind of fat, but he killed anything. He would kill big game, like squirrels and shit. It was hardcore. This cat was wild. It really was. That's a tribute to Finley, who killed a lot of beasts with his own paws. How often do you move into a house and you just inherit, like, the neighborhood cat? (laughs) That's what (laughs) happened to us. That is what happened to us. You're right. I, I, it always drew me nuts, man. It really pissed me off. But Jay's like, no, it's our cat. Like, All right, well, that's how it is. So. Ryan says, if you could skin a grape, you could shoot a mouse. Yeah, I bet you could. That's a good. That's tough to do. I could not skin a grape. That was so delicate. You need a razor blade uh, and a really thin razor blade. That that would be really tough. Jasper says, a give got two kitten cat. Do I understand that? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. That might be a typo on your part. That's okay. But you could be typoing away here on our live chat on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Okay. Uh, I've been solely, totally sidetracked. The point was I got auto-picked. I'm pissed off about it. I raged out and I posted a quick video because I caught myself in the actual anger, the genuine anger I had because I was furious, dearie. I did not want fucking Lance McCullers. Oh, no. Yeah, that's bad news. Yeah. We don't even know when he's going to debut this year, so bad news. 
he's trying to say it's a flexor strain. It's not a UCL injury, but come on. Dude. Same shit every year. Yes. <laughs> and he's an injury risk all the time. He's already had TJ before, and he's yeah. had other injuries. I, just the last guy in the world I wanted to draft. That's my fault because I did not set my cue properly, and I have to pay the piper. And I'm way too much of a veteran drafter, Deary, for that to happen at this point. There's really no excuse. It's total amateur hour, total amateur hour. You could have drafted when you're at Lowe's. You could have just done it on the app there. I don't know why you're like, I need to get home to research round 19. Come on now. Was, well, it's, remember, the Plausible Podcast Invitational is a 50-round draft and hold, so it's a long way to go. I'm going to try to make up for this mistake. I still think I can win. And if you want to be a part of it, go to the Plausible Podcast Twitter handle. We have the link in our bio. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. Sign up for League Six. Let's fill League Six. We'll start filling yeah. League Seven. We'll take as many people as possible that want to play. There's an overall title with individual league prizes. 15 team, Roto, five by five, 50 round draft and hold, do or die. No fab, no commitment. Very simple. Uh, Forrest has another one in his continuing series, the Forest Law Roto Ranking Series, brought to you by the Plaza Podcast. Kelnick or Torkelson, dearie? Do you go Ooh. Jared Kelnick this year? We're talking this year. This is not a dynasty. Yeah. This is a Roto mm-hmm. redraft this year. You go Kelnick or Torkelson? So Kelnick came up last year and was an absolute disaster at the start. He had a pretty decent September. He's got some good uh, power and opportunity to be a guy who can steal 20-plus bases. And right now, Roster Resource got him batting fifth for a really nice revamped Seattle lineup, which I like. Spencer Torkelson, we're going to have to see if he breaks camp and heads north to Detroit. Uh, Miguel Cabrera came out and said, hey, man, I will DH all I have to if Torkelson's going to play first base. This is what confused me about Torkelson. Last year, he was playing third base primarily, and I'm like, what is the point here? He is our future first baseman. What happened yesterday when he was walking into camp? He's walking in with a first base glove. So I think both guys make the team out of out of uh, spring training. I mean, it's... Torkelson's got an amazing hit skill. I mean, he's a guy who I think he hit 35-plus home runs between AA and AAA last year. Started out really slow and finally started to pick it up in the last couple months. I think Torkelson, we're going to see how how he does against Major League Pitching. He was one of the best college bats out there. I mean, you're looking at an outfielder. Outfield is very, very deep. You can get Kelnick pretty late. First base is pretty deep, too, as well, I believe, in the first probably, you know, 10 to – 10 to 12 guys. Torkelson, you're going to get much better value, I believe, in his ADP. I don't know ADP off off the top of my head for Torkelson, but I think you probably get him, you know, late late 100s, oh, yeah. mid 200s. Kelnick's like 140, right now. Okay. Late 200s. Yeah. Late 200s. So, it, yeah, and I, I, I think Torkelson makes the squad, and I think he's going to be probably batting sixth or seventh for the Tigers which is going to be a much better lineup this year. But, I mean, with these moves that the Mariners made, this is this is a tough call for me. Uh, I have Kelnick in a dynasty league, and I am or not a dynasty league, a keeper league, and I'm going to keep him because I think he makes the squad and he's going to bat in the middle of that order. And I like the speed over there, but, I mean, I got to go with the hometown guy, Torkelson, man. I mean, we're looking for this guy to be a superstar in the end, and I think he really has the hit. hit, hit um, go Tigers. I think he really has the ability to to be a stud here in Detroit. I think both guys are good, but I'm going to go with Torkelson here. Just on the value that you're going to get ADP, he could be your, you know, a t- possible top ten, top twelve first baseman if he's here all year, and you're going to be getting him pretty late. You could be getting him 18th and 19th first baseman overall, so that could, that could be pretty solid. Uh, I got to take Kelnick. 
Kelnick all day. Kelnick all day. Kelnick is ready to bust loose, and that lineup is killer. It's better than the Tigers lineup. But beyond that, Kelnick can steal me bags. He could do everything on the field I need him to do. I'm expecting a 2020 season this year. I really am from Kelnick. Although his ADP is higher, I get that. But it's not about ADP value. It's about who would I rather have. I'll take Kelnick. Torkelson's at 258 as of March 1st on NFBC. Who, who hits more home runs this year? Kelnick. Who has a better Kelnick batting hits average? more home runs than Torkelson. Uh, uh, well, that's going to be tricky because I don't know if Torkelson will play enough, but I think the batting average would be higher because I expect him to have a lesser amount of games, and he can hit for a better average than Kelnick can overall, in my view. If Torkelson is your starting first baseman opening day, does that change anything? Absolutely. Okay. But you still want to go with the guy who can possibly give you five five cats. Those stolen bases are yes. huge. I drafted Kelnick in the – God, what the fuck draft was it? A couple weeks ago, I drafted him in a draft. So, okay. oh, it was the uh, TGFBI. I drafted him in TGFBI. Nice. I, I think both guys are going to be really nice Major League Baseball players. Helmut! What's up, Helmut? Helmut Comalis. Love to see Helmut here. He's usually on the Prospect Show, but great to have you aboard for the full episode here. I drafted Kelnick because he dropped another 20 rounds below ADP, and at that point, I was like, oh, I'm in. Let's do this. So, to okay. me, that's a bonus. I, I love that. I also did that in Glarf. We'll talk about Glarf momentarily. Uh, all right, as we move on to the show, don't forget we're going to talk about Players we're curious about, get our takes on the record. If you don't know, now you know. And, of course, stay away. Stay away from one. Choose somebody else. I want to give thanks to Glarf Crew on Saturday. Shout out to Dave McDonald for putting it all together. And Sarah Sanchez, friend of the show. Sarah's been on the show several times, and she will be again one day soon. She put it all together. It was at her apartment complex. They used the community room on the south side of Chicago. All the Glarfers were there. Remember, Glarfie, those of you that don't know, is a part of Earth, which is a big regional overall tournament with sub-regional Roto Leagues around the country. That's exciting, Deary. And Deary, we're going to talk about that more momentarily. I just want to say thank you to them. And uh, thank you to everybody else who signed up, Patreon subscribers. Those of you that actually did that, you guys are fucking patrons now. I can't believe it. It's incredible. And I want to thank every single one of you. Greg Jewett. Thank you, Greg Jewett. Steve Paulo, I mentioned already. Shout out to Steve. Christina Rove slash Deary. Thank you, Christina. We love you. Patrick Ryan, my main man. Ghostbusters for life. Patrick Ryan is a patron now. Thank you, Patrick. Timothy Michael. Tim was one of the first who wanted to know where he could sign up. He's a patron now. Charlie Flynn, my Oregon brother from another mother. And, of course, certainly not last, Russell Withers. He's got his very own channel on the Discord. If you sign up as a patron, you can be exclusively involved in that dungeon. That is a bonus feature on our Discord channel, which has seven bonus channels beyond the regular Discord, which is free. The Discord itself is free of charge. Come one, come all. But there's those secret channels that you get if you sign up for the Patreon. If you want to know more, Plaza Podcast on Twitter, 2Ls, 2Zs. Utah. There you go. Give me two. So thank you guys so, so much. It's so cool, dearie, to see people actually supporting the show with their money. I mean, it's mind-blowing. The, the ultimate, ultimate gift you can give someone is money, right? People like us. I don't know what we're doing so so right. I guess we're just two bozos, right? We're nice guys. Come we on. are. 
Two bozos, one destiny. That's us. It always has yeah. been, always will be. So we're really excited about that. And I've also made it clear, once we get to 100 patrons, I will do whatever all of the patrons agree that I should do in public. As long as it doesn't hurt me, like put me in the hospital or cause harm to somebody, I will do it. I gave the example, Deary, that I will run down the street in a clown outfit screaming for a minute straight. I don't, we'll record it. I mean, we'll get it on the record, but whatever you guys can come up with, we get to a hundred patrons. I will be your servant. I serve at your pleasure. You should eat a whole box of grape nuts. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's fucking great. That's a fucking good one. I'll live. It'll be, you'll live. It'll be yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah, it'll be hell. All right. If you don't know about grape nuts, Oh, man, it will make you poop. Uh, Matthew Z says the prospect show taking over. That's right. The prospect crew in the house. Jasper says, yep. All right. So I said, thank you. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Somebody else done something amazing recently. I'm sure. Just know that we appreciate all the support you guys give us. Me and Deary, without a doubt. Thank you so much. So 35 minutes into the show. Let's get into leading off. <laughs> So, like we said, Glarf happened over the weekend. Deary, we did the draft. We were not there in person. I had some crazy-ass shit happen to me. Unfortunately, I was supposed to be in Chicago. Next year, Deary, we'll both be there. Agreed. For sure. But it's a 15-team roto, 5 by 5 do or die. Very simple. And we drafted with heavy hitters like Dave McDonald, Jay Kalusker from the Rotosaurus and the High Stakes Heat podcast, Sarah Sanchez, as we mentioned, Marty Tallman, as we mentioned, uh, Lucas Beery, who's an incredibly talented player. If you don't know Lucas, you should follow Lucas on Twitter because he really knows his stuff. Follow him at Lucas Beery, B-I-E-R-Y 33. And a host of under wonderful people. So, dear, how'd you feel about the draft? Um, anything stand out to you about it? I really enjoyed my team that I drafted. It's, it's funny. We're about six rounds in, and I'm like, I'm drafting like I'm a 13-year-old. I'm looking for the most home runs in the league here. Started off with Devers. I, I was on the turn. I was the 15. I went Devers, and then I went Trout. I'm like, Trout is healthy. This guy's a top-five fantasy player. I'm glad to take him at 16. Got my guy Matt Olson in the third round. I, I posted the other day on Twitter, mm. uh, I think six of my eight leagues so far that I've drafted, and I got Matt Olson. I got him in my keeper league. Now he's moving over to the Braves. I think he's going to have even better stats over there because he's got a great lineup around them. Drafted Aaron Judge as well. Uh, you know, I, I waited a little bit on pitchers. Got my guy Jose Barrios, who I like a lot. Got him in the sixth round. Or, or the fifth round, uh, Polanco in the sixth, who I really like. Uh, Corey Seager, I think that's great value in the seventh. I think he's going to have a ton of RBIs and runs, and he's a guy who can bat, uh, you know, near 300. Pitching got a little little worrisome here. I went after Verlander. There was a little chatter in our in our Glarf uh, live stream. You know, how, what are we going to get out of Verlander? I think Verlander is an absolute stud this year. I have him ranked 13th out of my starting pitchers this year. So I reached a little bit for him at 106, but I like what I got. Gliber Torres, a guy who we talk about so much on the Palazzo podcast. I think Gliber comes back with a little more pop this year. And 14, yep. 15 bases I absolutely love Patrick Sandoval reached for him because I was so afraid he was not going to be back. When I, when I came back around, he was my second pick there in round 11. I was afraid he wasn't going to be there. 
um, you know, 30 picks later. So I went for Patrick Sandoval. I'm huge on Sandoval this year. I think he's got SP2 potential this year. He's got one of the best sliders in the game. I really like Patrick Sandoval a lot. Tarek Skubal. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty with my my starting pitching, but I like the power I got. I think I'm going to get a ton of runs, ton of RBIs. Closers, uh, it's a fab league, Mike. So I, <laughs> it is a fab I, league. You know, I got Joe Barlow. I got D- Camilo Duvall. Who knows if these guys are even going to end up as the closers? But it's a fab league, so you can make moves. And everybody knows when you're in a fab league, there are closers that you can pick up year round because it's an it's an ever changing elevator door here with closers. Sure. Uh, I, I had a fun time. The one huge mistake that I made. So. We we had a great time. We we were uh you know we were all in a Zoom room. Uh, the the people that were in Chicago, I think there was four of Zoom us that Zoom. were. I think there was four of us that were remote, and it was so much fun. They were drinking over there, having a good time, enjoying each oh, other's yeah. company. You know, I was cracking some brews. You know, back at home, my wife came home from work and she made me a nice stiff martini. And then we're in round twenty, and and this draft took quite a while. I mean. Looking at looking at how long I took on my picks, it was anywhere from like one to two minutes. But we had an hour clock. The expectation Close is that we would we, the expectation we would get our pick in the first couple minutes, and sometimes they took four or five minutes, or somebody was on the shitter for too long. But we get to round twenty, and you know I got my cue all set up, and I'm like, all right, round twenty, Spencer Torkelson. You know, I just took Brandon Nimmo. You know, I, I got Tony Gonsolin, Eric Hosmer. Those guys are in my queue, round 20. I'm like, okay, Torkelson, I, I like another first baseman, corner infielder. This is my guy. I think he's going to, you know, be a good value here. It's pick 286. What happens? Because I'm feeling a little loopy at this time. I accidentally draft Joss Young. <laughs> Immediately, our guy... DMC Dave McDonald goes, oh no, dearie. <laughs> it was like one, just one of those mistakes where it's like, oh, you you just pissed your pants, dearie. So, um, and then immediately he says, well, this is a fab league. So I was very disappointed. Oops, I have no idea. I have, I have no idea how this happened. It took one minute and two seconds for me to make this pick. So clearly, I was not paying attention. And as soon as it went up there, the embarrassment set in. I'm like. I'm drafting with some really good friends right now, some people that are superstar fantasy players. And also, because there's a overall in Earth, I want Glarf to do well in my by me drafting Mr. Josh Young, who is out for probably a m- large majority of the season. We're looking at him missing anywhere from 120 yeah! to 140 games. We might not even see him this year. I drafted him. I was so embarrassed because I wanted Torkelson, who went like five picks later. But it's a fab league. He'll be dropped uh, pretty soon, and hopefully I can pick up someone good to replace. Yeah, man. <laughs> that hour clock was a big bummer. It was a good buffer to have because it's an in-person draft, and the draft started late. So having that clock tick down, because Fish, shout out to Fish, he had the opening pick, and he was very gracious in allowing the clock to go down. But then once the draft got started, people are getting drunk, and people are partying, and having a good time, and... <laughs> If you give was, people an inch, you know. It was a good six and a half hour draft. Yeah, it was. That's cool though. I love drafting. It was a Saturday too, so it wasn't like it was a Monday or something. Yeah. But yeah, Tony Gonsolin's on your team, dude. That's a great pick. I love that pick, especially round twenty-one. That's so funny. That's fantastic. I mean, look at that. Chris Flexen, even later. I love Chris Flexen. That's a great 
pick in round 24 for Deary. Remember, Deary's on the 15th pick. I'm at pick six. And you got Jock Peterson, who will provide power, cheap power. But I noticed he went for Nick Solak, who was last year one of my <laughs> darlings. I love I love Nick Solak more than anybody in the world. He's my Maybe. guy. Yeah, he's definitely one of Govier's guys last year, next to Ty France and company. But this year, I mean, I know they traded Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. He's not in the situation anymore. But with Semyon and Seeger in the house, you're confident playing time will happen? Or are you expecting injuries? Well, I mean, you're looking for depth. He's a guy who I still believe in that he could, you know, give it a little bit of power and some stolen bases. I'm I'm looking for some sneaky oh, value late here, but he's talented. I mean, shit. Yeah. yeah, he is. But I mean, he was him and Nick Senzel were two guys that I was all over last year and Ian Happ as well. And just it didn't work out. They couldn't seem to put together a good two month stretch at all. And Solek was one of those guys who just couldn't seem to get it together. But I'm buying in for one more year. Hopefully, catch a flyer here late. Maybe it works out. Or he could be dropped here in the first couple months. We'll see. Uh, But, yeah, playing time could be a concern. Uh, I mean, he does have, uh, you know, eligibility at multiple positions. But uh, we'll see. I'm taking a flyer for one more year. One more year. Just one more year. Uh, Clifton says, what is your guys' opinion on Ricky Tiedemann? Scott Uh, Tenderman? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Scott Tenerman, uh, Tenerman Square. I think you stumped me on this one. I don't know Ricky Tiedemann. I, I'm stumped, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. When I don't know something, I don't know it. So congratulations on stumping me. Woohoo! You did it. I knew you could do it. Uh, Deary, do you know this particular individual? I do not. I'm I'm trying to look further into the name to be if there's some kind of joke within this, but uh, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know uh, Tiedemann. Yeah, I uh, can't help you. Uh, if somebody in the live chat would like to help out, that would be fantastic because I don't know Ricky Tiedemann. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, here it is. Oh, Brian K. Rodman in the house. What's up, Brian? <laughs> young, young, young. <laughs> this is what he wrote out in the chat, which is funny. And Boy, Anthony, I hope I'm not butchering your name. Anthony says he's a prospect for the Blue Jays. Okay, thank you, Anthony. Good to have you here at the show. Anthony, you look like a newcomer. I would encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, check out our Discord, and come join the Palazzo Party. Teach us more about prospects. That would be fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you do... We both yeah. play Dynasty. You do the prospect show with Phil Goyette. I'm surprised you guys haven't talked about this because you've been doing that show for a good three, four months now. Yeah. I mean, I'm down with prospects and I have an idea, but sometimes there's going to be a player or two that you just don't know about. And that's okay. I found a is he, Ty Tiedemann. Is he a pitcher? Yeah. Uh, please tell us. Let us know okay. in the comments. Hook us up. There are, there are a up. lot of players. Oh, there's a fucking, you're playing Dynasty, and you know a billion of these players. They're everywhere. (laughs) Me and Deary are playing Dynasty. So as far as Glarf, we loved it. We hope that we do well. Clifton says, laughing my ass off, he's a young pitching prospect in the Blue Jays system, I believe. Everyone knows Tiedemann except us, apparently, Deary. Mid-rotation, a back-end starter, says Anthony. I don't see ace-like stuff. So, Anthony, yeah, you seem to know your shit. There it is. This should be our prospects correspondent for the Blue Jays. Any interest in that, Anthony? DM us, Plaza Podcast, 2Ls2Z, Utah, on Twitter. Give me two. Or you could DM C. Deary1999 on Twitter or MJ Gobier if you prefer. We accept all three. 
Uh, all right, so I feel bad about not knowing Ricky Tiedemann, but this is a reminder that we need to learn and we need to continue the pursuit of knowledge, Deary, because we can't just show up and do a show. We got to have prep, which we do. We always do a rundown. We get organized. And we have players that we plan to talk about. So even with all that, when you do a live show, you're going to learn something new. It's tough. There's a lot of players in Major League Baseball. And when you got the minor leagues, we do our best to know what we know. But uh, I love it when people are, are chiming in and people are answering other questions from people that are posting, which is absolutely fantastic. Be a part of that Palazzo community. Hell yeah, dude. See, we want to learn from you guys. We don't want to just we're. There's a lot of truth to the fact that people who do shows for fantasy baseball, fantasy football, they're just like you. They just decided to get a little more public with it. They wanted to share some things they learned and share their own analysis. And that's really what this is. You guys are just like us. So teach us, give us information. We don't know everything, and we're happy to learn from you. That's what makes this not just a show. It's an engaging, community-based meeting point, if you will. I think that works for me. This is all just a very long way to say, I don't know Ricky Tiedemann. My bad. All right, so Glarf's awesome. We hope we win, Deary. I hope you do well, Deary. I don't feel very good about my draft. I'm very paranoid about it. I took flyers <laughs> you hated, on guys. You hated your first, like, eight, nine picks, but you said you weren't comfortable with the spot you were, you were picking from. You hadn't done it yet, and yeah. you just didn't feel comfortable. You were, you were grabbing guys that aren't Govier's guys. That's right. I don't like six because I want to be in a spot where I know the guys I like are going to be there, and I don't need to be at six. I could be at a later spot is what I learned. I took Shoei Otani as my first pick at number six, and I love mm-hmm. that. But I took Freddie Freeman second because he fell to late in the second round. And I don't have a problem with that either. I just didn't love it. I wasn't excited about it. And when I take Freeman and Alvarez back-to-back, that really limits my steal potential early on. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had to take Buxton with the next pick. Yeah, this is, this is why in... KDS style, like 15, if I don't have three or four, which I do like, I like three and four. If I don't have three or four, 15 is my next spot that I want to be at. I like 15 and 14. Okay, Okay, my man, my man. Uh, Clifton has one more question for us, he says. Clifton, there's no limit on questions. You can ask as many questions as you want anytime, Clifton. I'm telling you right here, I'm looking you in the eyes. Ask away, my friend. Ask away. Last question I have for you guys. Do you think we will see Adley Rushman make his debut this year? Abso-fucking-lutely. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm keeping him in a 12-team keeper league or 12-man keeper league. I, if he doesn't make the opening day roster, I would be surprised because they really don't have much else going on there in Baltimore. He has an amazing hit tool. He's ready for the majors now. If we don't see him up in three weeks, we're going to see him the first week of May. Um, and I think he's going to be a premier catcher in this league. Yep, I love all that. I support everything Deary just said. Love Adley. He's going to have a, a debut, of course, and he's going to play well. He's going to give you a rock-solid batting average. I don't expect as much power, and with the fences being moved back at Camden, that'll be a little bit of a problem power-wise. But Well, he is, a, he, he is a left-handed bat, so that that's yeah. going to help. They're not moving anything back, but they're, they're in right field. But, hey, if you get – 15 to 20 home runs and a guy who could bat 280 from the catcher spot. I, I mean, I know the, the thing that's going to be be worrisome is what's going to happen in Baltimore in terms of is Mullins going to repeat what he did last year. A lot of people are out on Ryan Mountcastle Mount this year, which I'm actually kind of yeah. buying back in because his ADP is starting to, to drop a little bit, you know, in the bailing on Mount back in left field. 
Yeah, everyone's bet bailing on him. I I think 265, 80 RBIs, 25 home runs, 80 runs is okay. I do too. I I don't understand it. I think he's gonna he's only going to continue to get better. He's growing as a player still. And if you can throw in five steals, that's a nice bonus. I, the fence panic is probably too strong with Mount Castle. That's an example where it's gone too far. Sure, he might not hit 30, but he could hit 25. He could hit 23, 265 average, bat in the middle lineup. Decent value right now in Mount Castle, I believe. I mean, I really liked him coming up yeah. in the minors. And when he made his debut, I was down with it then. So why are we off of this beyond the fences? I mean, that's all you're telling me. He plays on a shit team. He's going to play every day. And they can give you stats as Cedric Mullins proved last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it beyond the fences thing. Well, you just you just kind of buy into certain guys, and then you're out on certain guys. You you construct this narrative when you start building your you know kind of projections, and a lot of people just kind of started to pile on to him. I, I I'm starting to get a little more interested in Mount Castle. Yeah, stop piling on, guys. It's not cool. Chop! Oh, sorry. I'll be quiet now. Okay. The player to be named later league, right? Is that what it's called? The Player to be named later Dynasty League that Deary and I are in with yes. our pal Robbie Baseball. Shout out to Robbie, of course, always and forever. <laughs> we love Robbie, and he's had us join this league this year. It's a 30 team full on Dynasty salary cap. I mean, just it's a fucking real league. <laughs> it's the real deal, man. <laughs> yeah. So the free agencies are going on right now, and it's wild shit. Me and Deary have been blown away by the intensity of the free agency and it's done with this awful system i feel like the system needs some work because it's on the fan tracks message boards the fan tracks league so you post a player that you want to bid on to start and then the bidding commences with the follow-up post and i just got bombarded with notifications <laughs> when it first started it was a whole day long like a week ago boom 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 boom, 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 boom. but it's hard to keep up with it is intriguing though you have to write down a list and be organized with your own separate sheet dearie that's what i found because if yeah. you don't do that, you're going to be sifting through the threads mm-hmm. with a lot of confusion, and you're going to miss something. I've absolutely loved this for the last week and a half. So I, I believe it was two Sundays ago that the free agency period opened up. Mike and I just joined this league, so we were part of a dispersal draft. We both got some good good players within the dispersal draft, and then there was a rookie draft, which which was a lot of fun, and then free agency started, and there was some really good guys coming off of contracts that were available. I was smart from the beginning. I created an Excel document, put down my players, put down the amount of money that I was allotted to, to spend still, and I mean, it was wild because it's through this fan tracks message board, basically. You post a player, and then the the last bid of the last 24 hours is the winning bid. And the first like three days, there was like 80 guys up in the, in the thread. And it was just wild. And I'm going through and it's like, okay, this guy became too expensive. So I got to move on to this guy. I was trying to get Barrios. Now I got to move on from Barrios. Then I got to go over to Kershaw. And then I'm looking at how much money I can spend. And, it got real wild. I mean, I'm happy. I got I got some guys that I wanted. Uh, the thing is, is that some of these prices for these players got insanely just 
inflated. Like a guy like Brandon Woodruff went for almost forty million dollars, and this is a two hundred no, no, million no, no, dollar no, no, budget. No, 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 no. Twenty six players. I, I spent twenty five million on Cattell Marte, who I like a lot, but he's making mm-hmm. almost Trey Turner money right now. So I'm down to about fifteen million dollars. Uh, I got five spots to fill on my team here. Uh, I went out. I spent 17 million on Liam Hendricks because I got to get a closer. There's 30 teams in this Ooh. league. It's been wildly fun, but it's been it's been frustrating as well because it's kind of taken over my life for the last week and a half, just constantly looking at what's going on. It's died down now that we're 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 getting closer to the end. Uh, the thread is only like two pages now. At one point, it was up to 10 pages, which with like 30 players per page, it was real wild. Yeah, it was crazy shit. Very cool, though. It's fun to be a part of. It is time-consuming. But if you're down with Dynasty, you know what we're talking about. If you're newer to Dynasty and you're certain you'd like to try it, you could do something less than a 30-team league. There's a lot of other options out there. There's 16-team dynasties I'm in. There's 24. Uh, Phil Goyette, friend of the show, our prospects guru, who you can get exclusive advice on prospects for in our exclusive prospects channel on our discord which i've dropped in the live chat you can sign up for free on the discord channel you get phil goyette's personal advice on prospects and he knows them all and he's really good at it he watches video he's hardcore trust me all available for you from the palazzo podcast which you're listening to live with your pal mj govier and c deary 1999 on twitter and then finally deary i wanted to mention this and this goes directly to our main palazzo pal Brian K. Rodgman, Brian, brought it up to me that there's going to be a real possibility the Kyrie Irving situation in basketball. For those of you who don't know, don't pay attention to the NBA. Kyrie Irving has not been playing home games for the Brooklyn Nets this season because he didn't get vaccinated. And technically, public law in the New York City area states that you have to be vaccinated to be inside the building. So... This could be something that impacts the Mets and the Yankees, dearie, mm-hmm. for unvaccinated players. And I really didn't think about this because I've just been consumed by having baseball back and free agency, and there's a lot of excitement. But we need to take note of all possibilities and scenarios. COVID seems like a distant memory to some people, but this could be a problem. Is this the case in Canada as well? Because Toronto is back to playing in Rogers Center. Is, is this the case in Canada as well? Uh, that's another good point, too. That's a great point. My girlfriend lives in Canada, and mm-hmm. I got to be vaccinated to go over there to pick her up. So, yeah, that's going to play a role. Is there any type of list that has been released by anybody, <laughs> whether it's Major League Baseball or, shit, some of these sites that we play on or people on Twitter of – People that we know are unvaccinated? I mean, it seems kind of weird. I mean, are we dealing with HIPAA law here? Yeah, that is going to be a problem. So here it is. This is five hours ago from Sportsnet on Twitter. Unvaccinated players on the New York Yankees and the Mets will not be allowed to suit up at home due to the city's private employer (sighs) mandate that went into effect on December 27th. So if you're the Yankees and Mets, trade those guys away immediately because they're missing 80 games. I've been talking. That's it's going to be okay. So New York has a new mayor. He was elected recently. So maybe this changes eventually. I don't know. Also, the Nets want Kyrie Irving for home playoff games, which will be starting up at the NBA next month. 
Like, is he really not going to play in playoff games that are at home? I, I just, I, I don't see that happening. I think this mandate yeah. changes soon. I really do. That's my gut feeling. I agree. But, <laughs> I mean, you're playing baseball. You're outside. You're pretty distanced from people. I mean, I'm no doctor, but yeah. like, I mean, if of you're getting all leagues, crown at this leagues. point, like I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it seems odd to me. No, you're right. Of all leagues, it's yeah. outdoors. Isn't and, that what they've been saying? If you're outdoors, you're good. Yes. If you roll down the windows in a car, you're good. You're getting fresh air. It negates it. It's it's very difficult to attain it. Yeah. So just like Magic Johnson. That reminds me of Magic Johnson. Why did I say attain? He did say that. Remember when he got AIDS? It was crazy. HIV. He had attained HIV. That was wild. Man, I was like 11 years old. That was crazy shit, man. I was on my way to a Detroit Red Wings game that day it was announced. I remember we're on our way to Detroit and it was like, announced on the radio when we we're going down and i was crying because i'm like magic's gonna die <laughs> oh shit and guess what bastard. 30 I years later what, doing great it was on a friday it was on a friday around like five or six o'clock because we were at my dad's house we just got there we would spend the weekends at my dad's in detroit and i remember watching that while we we're eating dinner on the tv in the kitchen yeah, it's pretty wild uh aaron judge was asked if he's vaccinated and apparently he said <laughs> i'm still focused on other stuff <laughs> oh shit don't say this if, if my wife re re-listens to this she's gonna be very upset she loves aaron judge it's probably her he's favorite player that, yeah he's gonna cross that bridge when he gets there apparently that is one of the worst sayings ever i'll cross that bridge when i hate that i hate when people say i'll cross that bridge when i get there no answer it now damn it <laughs> yeah it's not an answer you dick wait a minute you dick it's yeah. a cop out yeah, it's a total. I agree. It's a total cop out. Get vaccinated. Come on. Do it. Although I'm, not, this is not political. It's just if I wanted you to play baseball because you made millions of dollars, I would just say, "Hey, get vaccinated." You make millions of dollars, I'd, and I would do it because I make millions of dollars and I want to play. So that's just what I would do. But yeah, sounds about right. This is not a show about dividing people along vaccination lines or any political agendas here. We don't do that. We're just regular people. We want to include everybody. We love everyone. So don't ever think that's what you're going to get here at Plotso. We don't do that shit. All right. Uh, so I covered that. I want to thank you again to Brian K. Rodman, a dear friend of the show, for hooking us up on considering that notion because it will be something to look at right now. It'll probably be a spring training headline that I think dies in April, but right now it does matter. Yeah. And it matters to me, Deary, because I've been targeting several Mets hitters. Okay. So. Yeah, Dave Petrucci, our, our good buddy that messaged at the start of the show, he just messaged me and he goes, can we get a list of unvaccinated players? So I think he's putting something <laughs> on me as the commissioner of our league. Hey, Mr. Commissioner. You got to do Mr. your own fact-finding. I'm not giving out that information for you. Oh, okay. You're a hardline commissioner. You're like a Roger Goodell. I, I guess I, I respect that. I do. I understand. I'm just worried that right, Luke's not going to get his keep. I'm just worried that Luke's not going to get his keepers in on time on this Sunday. <laughs> oh, Luke. Why don't you ever get your keepers in on time, Luke? You're killing us. All right. Let's get into our main course here. Talk about a couple segments that we cooked up for you guys. This one's called Go Tigers. No, I don't think it's called Go Tigers. Is it? Is that true? It might you know, be. I'm going to talk about it. I'm my little boy to school and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman. It was painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. That's what we're going to do here. We're curious. We are fascinated by certain players and we're going to break them down for you. So, Deary, 
who is the first player that you know you're not judgmental, but you're curious about right now? I mean, it's not hometown bias here, but I'm curious about Tarek Skubal right now. A lot of people are are off Skubal this year because the issue is the home runs. He gave up 35 home runs last year. Most of those home runs came early on in the count. You got to remember this guy was a rookie last year. It was his first time up in the majors. And home runs weren't an issue in the minors. I understand that in the minors you're seeing much less talent, but he only gave up seven home runs in 144 innings last year, 35 home runs. What I like about Scooble is he's a guy who is able to get the strikeout. He also doesn't walk a ton of people. If you look at his last 60 innings last year, he only walked nine batters. That is really, really good. Now, what's surprising about Scooble is he needs to be better against lefties. He just wasn't as good against lefties. He was actually better against righties last year. At home, if you have him in any type of league, you are playing him at home over the road right now. Last year, he had a 3.56 ERA at home, 5.55 ERA away. I believe that's going to improve this year. And what I really am encouraged about is Chris Fetter is the start, is the pitching coach in Detroit. Ooh. I really trust love Chris Fetter. I love what he did at the University of Michigan. He got guys drafted in the second, third, fourth round over the last three, four years. Moved on to the Tigers last year. I really like what he's going to be able to do with Mize, Scooble. Hopefully, Matt Manning can make a little bit of a jump this this year. But I'm curious about Scooble. I got a couple shares of him this year. What he needs to do is just be a little smarter of a pitcher. He's not going to blow it by you in the first couple pitches. And that's where a lot of the home runs were, were coming. If he can get to two strikes on you, he's got a wipeout slider. And he can blow you away outside of the zone. So Derek Skubal is a guy that I'm curious about this year. He's a guy who could possibly make a big jump and be a top 30 starting pitcher this year. Oh, boy. I love me some Tarek Skubal. He is ready to take it to another level, Deary. You're a wise man for being curious. Because there's a lot to be curious about in a very good way. My curiosity is turning towards Edmundo Sosa. St. Louis Cardinals, middle infielder. Last year, he performed pretty well. Limited duty, 326 plate appearances, six home runs, four steals, 270 average, around a 350 OBP, a slugging of 389. OPS, 735. I mean, it's not mind-blowing, but he can really hit the ball hard, really hard. His max EV last year was among the best in baseball. And remember, max EV versus EV, Big difference because EV is average, right? So it doesn't really tell you the full tale. When you get the maximum amount a guy can crush a ball, it tells you something. It tells you how hard he can hit it and what kind of power he's dealing with, bat speed, all that stuff. It's very exciting. So Edmundo is going to be 27. Oh, wait. he No, oh, wait. His birthday's on March 6th. He just turned. Wait, this 26. Is weird. Oh, it's 20. Just, <laughs> just turned 26. So. You're right. It says 26 years old in nine days. I'm so mm -hmm. used to reading Fangraph's birth dates by year, month, day that it, it threw me off because his birthday just happened. So he's six foot, not a huge dude, but he's solid six foot 200. And he cranked out 17 bombs in 2019 at AAA, which was unusual for him because he hadn't really done anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Prior to that, I don't know. Roids, 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 roids. No, I can't prove roids. It's not fair for me to say that. He also never stole a lot of bases on a regular base. He never had double-digit steal season in the minors. 
So you look at the track record and you say, well, I don't know if there's much to go on here, but he played well. He's still growing. And I like the opportunity for him in this lineup because Paul DeYoung, we know who Paul DeYoung is, right, Deary? I mean, yeah, he's going to strike out a ton and maybe he pops it over the fence. Yeah, exactly. 30 home runs with the 200 strikeouts, some shit like that. They yep. just can't trust him. Edmundo mm-hmm. can get on base and he's more reliable. And the opportunity is there. And I know Tommy Edmonds in the mix as well. But with the DH in play, I see Paul DeYoung playing some DH. I see Edmundo starting. I really do. I think he'll get a chance to start. And the fact that his ADP is so deep right now, you yeah. don't have to take much of a risk. So I'm curious, Deary. I'm not sure where I stand with Edmundo, but I'm certainly curious about him going forward. Well, it's a guy who's probably going to be penciled in as their starting shortstop. You talked about DeYoung, but I mean, Edmundo is going to be at the end of that order, but there's no risk when you're taking this guy at the end of the draft. This guy has been in, this guy has been in the Cardinals system for, I think, nine years now. I think he debuted in 12 or, or, or 13. I think it was 2013. Cardinals know what they got with this guy. I mean, he's seen a lot of pitching over the years. So it's not like you're just bringing him up now. He, he's gotten a short stint with the Cardinals. Doesn't strike out a ton. He also doesn't walk a ton, but there's no risk here. So, hey, there could be some upside that maybe he busts out, gives you 10, 15 home runs, maybe 10 stolen bases, bat for a good average, play him in a couple different spots in the infield, and you're paying nothing for him. So be curious. Uh-oh. Low battery. I got a little better in my headphones, dearie. So we got to finish the show. All right. So who are you curious about <laughs> next? I'm curious about Ian Hep. I was really, really high on Ian Hep last year. And that first half was just absolute shit. Betted 183 with one stolen base and nine home runs in the first half of the season. Dropped in so many leagues. Uh, you know, he, he was drafted anywhere from like 155 to like 200 last year. He's got an ADP right now of 193. His second half. Far more encouraging. Batted 268, eight stolen bases, 16 home runs, which I like when you can get some stolen bases from a guy that late. The problem is is the strikeouts. He's always going to strike out a ton, but he can also get on base possibly with a walk rate of 10%, which is good. He's got to have more patience on the off-speed stuff. He's been good against the mm. fastball, but he's got to have more patience. But look, you someone from the Cubs you got to draft on your team, and guess what? Ian Happ's probably going to be batting cleanup for them. So we're looking at a guy who could probably hit 25 home runs and steal 15 bags for you. He's not going to give you a ton of average, but I think he has the possibility to give some upside. If he can put together a season like he did in the second half, I'll take 268 all day if he can do that for a full season. So Ian Happ, get curious. Get curious. That's right. I love it. Woohoo! I love the passion. Deary is nailing it. Remember, we're talking about players we're curious about. Then one day I was driving my little boy to school and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman. It was painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. That's what it's all about, Deary. My next guy I'm curious about is Alec Bohm. Bohm? Bohm? How do you say it? Bohm. Bohm, 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 That's how I say it. <laughs> Alec Bohm. Okay. Alec Bohm was very... Very, very, very touted in a positive way. As our old pal Phil Steele from the college football days, dearie, very highly touted player. Our pal. And for some reason, uh, he didn't do so well last year. There's probably a lot of reasons for that. He just struck out a bit more. There's a lot of ground balls, too, ground ball crisis. There's a real fear here that he can't put the ball in the air enough to really take advantage of Citizens Bank Park. Mm-hmm. 
which should be a great place. I remember this is third overall pick in the entire 2018 draft, Erie. So he's still a youngin, 25 years old. He'll be 26 in August, same month as our birthday. Congratulations, Alec Bohm. And I just trust the pedigree here. He's not going to steal bags, but he can give you a couple steals at third. And third base is a, a challenging position for a lot of people. There's guys I love, like, like that go beyond the studs, dearie. Cabrian Hayes, uh, and Yoan Mankata, of course, you know, I love him and Louis, Luis Urias. I love Luis Urias. So, and I love, I loved Eugenio Suarez before he got traded. I drafted him. Mm. I think it's still a bat I want to have, but you look around the other third baseman, Abraham Toro, Jonathan VR. And this is based on recent ADP as of March 1st on NFBC. If you want to follow along, Kevin Biggio, Gio Ursula, who's now in Minnesota, Luis Arias in Minnesota. I can't hit any home runs. I like Baum. His ADP is at 296 right now. I'm very curious about him. And I did draft him recently. So I am thinking this is a guy who will put some more balls in the air this year, take advantage of that park. And that lineup is going to be really good. I think there's another bat, at least one more bat coming, whether it's Nick Castellanos or somebody else. There's another bat coming to the Philly lineup. So I'm in on Bohm. This is a guy, he's not going to hit 25, 30 home runs, but he should hit for a, at least a 270 average and give you somebody that you can rely on with a floor, you know, like a 270, 340, 450 slash line, 20 home runs. That's that's a guy I like, especially at the price he's going at. Yeah, he's such an interesting player because he smokes the ball. It's just his launch angle is trash. <laughs> like he, he just doesn't trash. He just doesn't elevate. And it was the same thing in the minors, but he smokes the ball all the time. But like it's just it's ground balls or line drives. If he can change something up with his swing where he elevates the ball a little more with the amount of pop he is hitting the ball at, you gotta believe he's a guy who should be able to hit 25 home runs. Never hit more than 14 in the minors, but he was also a guy who was a high betting average guy in the minors. I mean, you mm-hmm. look back to 19 and 20 between, you know, he hit 329 and, and 40 games at, at a plus ball and at double A, had betted 269, 44 games at, at the MLB level in 2020, 338. So he was a high draft pick, and a lot, a lot of people thought he was going to be a high draft pick last year in fantasy leagues. Bet at 271 last year in AAA, 247 when he came up. Gave you four stolen bases. That's not bad. Problem was, with, once he came up to the majors, he just started striking out, which is something that never happened in the minors. In the minors, it sat at anywhere from like 15 down to 11%. Last year, it was 26%. This doesn't make sense that this guy is striking out as much as he did. Maybe he, he was... up in the Bozo season, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the Bozo season was 22%. Last year, it jumped up to 26%. And it, it, it's just, it's just, it seems really odd to me. The guy, still young. What is he, 25? Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's 25 years old. He, top top prospect, number three overall draft pick, time. like you talked about. He's a, he's a good defensive player, so he's going to get a ton of opportunities. And a lineup that you talked about that I think is going to be really good, and they're going to make another move. And I think they're going to compete in a really loaded National League East. What, what do we got for ADP with Bomb right now? ADP. It's as easy as 258. Okay, and you mentioned some of the other guys. Oh, 296. He was going to... Sorry. 296. Okay, you mentioned some of the other guys, third baseman that he was going against. Oh, it's like Biggio, Ursula, Arias. 
I like the prospect pod pedigree with Bob. So I, I think I'm on board. If he can find a way to hit 20 home runs, I think he has the opportunity if he bats, you know, maybe sixth or seventh in this lineup to have 70 RBIs, you know, 65 runs. If he can give you a 265, 270 batting average, which he's shown he can do in the minors, I like Alec Baum. Uh, Clifford wants to know about Bobby Dahlbeck. He's very curious about Bobby mm. Dahlbeck. I'll tell you, I'm curious too. Yeah. I was wondering if Kyle Schorber would go back there and the Red Sox would play him and there'd be some first base DH issues that would limit Dahlbeck. But if Dahlbeck's going to be starting, Deary, this is a guy who hit 30 home runs and yep. could score 100 runs in this lineup. So I was too harsh on Dahlbeck in the offseason earlier. I've opened up to Dahlbeck in a much more curious and exciting way. The, the power is going to be there, absolutely. I mean, we saw it a little bit in 2020 when he came up. And, you know, what did he hit last year? He hit 30 home runs last year, right? Bobby, I think he had 25 off the top of my head. Okay. okay. Now, now there's also Whatever. talk of, the ballpark. There's also talk of Freddie Freeman possibly going over to the yeah, Red 25 Sox home runs. Or, or Rizzo. But uh, I think you roll with Dalbeck here. I mean, he's not going to give you a ton of average, but the power's there. And there's a ton uh, of RBI opportunity in Boston. 298 OBP, though. I mean, the average is 240. That I expect. 298 OBP bums me out because he played in 133 games, 453 mm. plate appearances. Mm. It seems like you can find power everywhere when you're drafting. It does, but not as much as recently. I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, ben. Hey, Ben's here. What's up, Ben? I want to get to Ben's uh, comment in a minute. Power is not as easily accessible as it's been in recent years, at least in my view, deeper in the draft. I always thought I can wait and wait, and I'll get Hunter Renfro way later in the draft, and he'll hit 30-plus home runs. He's, he's moved up, seeing, Oh, that's just an example of a guy in yeah. the past, but yeah. I'm not seeing that in the draft so far this year. I'm not seeing the guys that are – unless there's guys that I'm not reading who will hit more home runs, I think the power is a little harder to find right now. And with the fucking baseball being fucked with all the time, who the hell – really knows to you yeah you may have to dive a little deeper to find some power later on because a lot of those guys that did it last year like hunter renfro like you talked about have moved up and ben says but good to see you ben brown again ben's becoming a regular on the palazzo podcast shout out to you ben <laughs> tristan casas might be up by mid-season and push doll back out of a job if he doesn't step up his game at the plate that's a very real scenario i forgot about tristan he's not just some 20 year old Tristan's been primed. He's ready to go. Tristan Casas is the real deal. So I'd be afraid of that. Uh, Deary, who are you finally curious about? Give us your third curiosity. It's funny. I made this list last week, and I hadn't checked back in on it, but it's interesting because this guy who was just traded over the Yankees, the guy I was curious about was Josh Donaldson, and guess what? He was tra traded yeah. to the Yankees, and he's probably – going to be batting fourth or fifth in this lineup and guess what when josh donaldson is healthy he is a producer i guarantee that his adp is going to rise anywhere from 35 to 40 spots coming up most people have him ranked anywhere if you're looking at nfbc or, or fan tracks or any of these other places have him ranked as the 19th ranked third baseman i think he has the opportunity to be a top 10 third baseman guy went 25 80 80 last year and he's always going to give you a good walk rate the problem is health can he be healthy look at what he did two years ago when he was healthy for the braves here's the thing that i was looking at when i was looking at him last last week is josh donaldson is getting a little older now he's not going to give you the stolen bases but look at what he did last year 17.4 percent barrel rate career best Best launch angle of his career. Best hard hit rate of his career. 
career best against sliders last year, which his runs above average on sliders was the best of his career. So he's just getting better against that off-speed stuff. He's always been a killer against fastballs. So maybe if that bat isn't as quick as it used to be against fastballs, he's figuring out how to hit the off-speed stuff. So if he is healthy with the Yankees, I think this guy has the opportunity to go 25-90-90 this year with the Yankees. Have a really nice OBP if you're playing an OBP league. Going to get on base. If he gives you 130 to 135 games, he's a top eight third baseman this year. Whatever, motherfucker! Wow, dude. That's wow. That, you are curious. You are very curious. That's impressive. Ben Brown says, Happy Tuesday. Always enjoy some industry bringer of energy content. You're welcome, Ben. Good to see you, my brother. Always a pleasure. Josh Donaldson, Yankee Stadium. Sounds enticing. I hear you, dearie. Uh, my third curiosity is Miles Straw. I think everybody knows what Miles Straw is. Tons of speed. Tons of speed. 30 bases stolen last year. Could do it again in Cleveland now. He did some of it in Houston and Cleveland last year, Deary. So the question is, will there be some more pop in that bat? He hit 271 last year. So that's not mind-blowing. It's not terrible. But a guy who's only going to hit four home runs in a season where he got full at-bats, um, you're going to have to build around that. So I'm curious because I'm interested in building around players like that. I'm just a little dubious of the ADP. It's gotten a little hot because people see that stolen base number and they go, oh, wow, I got to get that guy on my team ASAP. I got to fill my roto needs by making sure my stolen bases are met by one dude, Miles Straw. I'm not sure about that, dearie. I'm just not sure. His ADP is at 142 as of March 1st. And Miles Straw is around Austin Meadows, Lord Escurial Jr., Trent Grisham, Hunter Renfro, who skyrocketed after last season. You kind of get him like 510 last year. He was just left on the trash heap. Now he's at 156. But I'm curious about Straw. But all those guys around Meadows can steal bags. Guriel can steal bags. Kelnick can steal bags. He's above Straw as well. Trent Grisham, we know, can steal bags. And he's got a lot more power than Miles Straw does. So I'm curious, but... Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of window shopping still. I'm going to leave it there for now, in my opinion. I think that ADP has just gotten really inflated. I mean, sure, he could end up leading off for the Indians right now, and it seems like he's probably going uh, to be their Guardians, leadoff guy. dude. Guardians, oh, I'm sorry, dude. The, gu- the Guardians. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be a tough change for us because there are AL Central rivals. Yeah. Um, yeah, Guardians. Sorry. Um, sorry. I need to be a little more woke here. Um, that is sick. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to lead off for the Guardians, and people see that, you know, 30, 35-plus steal potential, possible 100 runs in a lineup that uh, doesn't really blow you away unless Ahmed Rosario can really bust through. I mean, obviously, Jose Ramirez is a top-five player. Fran Mill Reyes is going to pop it out of the park. The rest of that lineup mm-hmm. is just really depressing to me. I, I, I'm not really high on the Indians this year. I think the Indians may finish – you know, possibly fourth in the division this year. But I think this, I think the ADP might be a little inflated. If you're telling me I'm getting them at 220, I'm a little more interested. But every other guy that you just mentioned can give you 15-plus stolen bases with far more pop, 15 to 20 home runs. Average will probably be the same. So be curious with Straw if he drops, but I don't know about that 140 ADP right now. 
Well, it's the Guardians, dearie, and I got a Guardian I'm going to talk about a little bit later here. So let's move on to our next segment. That was the Be Curious segment. We were curious, and we still are. We told you who the players are. Live on the Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. Utah. Twitter handle. Give me two. We'll start you off. Subscribe to the YouTube. It'll build to the Discord server we have. Link is in the live chat today. Patreon available. We've got a lot of stuff cooking. It's only going to get better, so be a part of things. The next segment is about getting on the record. Just want you guys to know. It's real simple. We're not going to go into great detail. If you don't know, then how are you going to know, right? The answer is real simple. We're going to tell you. If you don't know, now you know. And if you don't know, now you know, you know, What did I not know that I know now? Okay, so I'm going to pose a question to you, Mike. So we're going to talk about Randy Rosarina. Randy Rosarina is a guy that is typically going anywhere from the fourth to sixth round right now in, in most five-by-five drafts. Do you, are you confident you're going to get 85 runs from Randy Rosarina? Yes. Okay. The guy I'm going to talk about will also give you 85 runs. Are you going to get 20-plus stolen bases from Randy Rosarina? Yeah, it'll be tight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The guy I'm going to talk about will give you 20-plus as well. What? 260 average? Sound about right for Randy? Sure, sure. Okay. What if I'm going to tell you the guy that I think you can get 100 spots later than Randy Rosarena is Randy Rosarena, but possibly right on par, if not better than him. Better sprint speed. Playing in an offense that is much better, I think is going to give you 20-plus home runs. And also has a similar walk rate to Randy Rosarine is going to strike out less. Would you be interested in this guy a hundred a hundred spots later? I sure would. Do you know who this guy is? hundred spots later, I'm going to say uh, Andrew Benintendi. This is Akil Badu. Oh, Akil I am Badu. in on Akil Badu, especially at the ADP that he is at right now. He's going about one fifty, one sixty. Akil Badu was a real nice player for the Tigers last year. Got him on a Rule 5 from Minnesota. I truly believe this guy, if he continues to bat leadoff all year for the Tigers, can give you 85 runs, 20-plus stolen bases, with a 260 average, has a better sprint speed than a Rosarina. Similar walk rate is going to strike out less, and he's in a much better Tigers offense than it was last year. I think he really made a nice breakthrough last year. I am in on Akil Badu. Now, he batted 214 against lefties last year, so that's got to improve if he's going to be an everyday player. Also, Riley Green is on the way up. Maybe a little Derek Hill for some defense, but I really like Akil Badu 100 spots later than Randy Rosen Arena this year because I think the ceiling is really, really nice. The floor could be really bad if things fall apart and he continues to not be able to make adjustments against lefties and doesn't hit against righties as well as he did last year. But he showed some real nice flashes last year. He's going to get the opportunity to lead off there. If it's not Grossman, I think he's leading off possibly Grossman in the two hole. I think Akil Badu is a really nice value this year. Genius, genius, genius. Wow, dear. You sold that, man. I, I wonder if I'm blinded by him being a Detroit Tiger. I do Go Tigers. think about that. Uh, ben Brown says, Govier needs a Guardians, damn it, soundbite for any time Deary calls them the Indians. <laughs> yes, well, uh, we're going to be doing that a lot, Ben, I assure you. We'll, we'll get there. 
like I said, it's just part of the lexicon for us. Uh, at least it's better than the Washington football team's name. I mean, Indians are human beings that aren't racist slurs. It's not a great look, especially Chief Wahoo, which is the awful, awful, completely <laughs> racist logo. We're not in favor of that at all. I'm just saying we got to go through an adjustment period as AL Central rivals. and We'll get there. Deary, a Cuba dude could be a blind spot because he's a tiger, and I hope that's mm-hmm. not the case for me because you just laid out a really, really passionate yet very logical case. I like what I'm hearing. I like that. I didn't know that, but now I know. Oh, oh, amazing. Jay, and Jay, if you don't know, now you know, you know, you know. So I want you guys to know that Gleyber Torres is going to be a good player. He's going to be somebody that you need to have on your roster this year. There's a lot of talent there. He had some challenges. We know about that. I don't need to retell the tale. The bottom line is that this guy crushes the baseball. He's still only 24 years old, and he started showing more steals last year as a way to kind of round out his game, which is very exciting. I was actually more excited about that, Deary, than the Mm -hmm. fact that he struggled so much at the plate. 14 steals was a big boost to his value, and I know that he's a better than 259 hitter. He's not a guy who slugs 365, which is what he did last year. That's ridiculous. He's not a sub 700 OPS player. He just isn't. And from what I can gather, he's still playing like he played when he was acceptable to all of you in 2019. Launch angle didn't change. His max EV got a little bit hotter. The barrel rate went down a bit. It was 10% in 2019. Goes down to 7.8. It's a... It's not a massive dip, though. It's it's just it's a slight dip. So the strikeouts, he doesn't strike out that much. He hits the ball hard, but not super hard. He doesn't hit it weak either. He can put it in the air. He can do it all. The walk rate is getting better. It's growing as well, which means he'll get on baseball, which means he can steal more. So Glover Torres, this is just my gut, too. I, I just know he's a great player. He has too much talent to offer. The Yankees are not abandoning him in any way. And he is going to be a positive for you. So get Gliver Torres on your goddamn baseball team in 2022. And you can thank me later. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. Good night now. Sorry. I, I like I like what you're saying. I mean, you combine 20 and 21. And he was injured a little bit last year. Only played 127 games. So you combine the last two years and you put them together 12 home runs, 67 runs, 67 RBIs, 15 steals, which is nice. But, I mean, the walk rate seemed to be just fine. He actually struck out less than he did when he had the career year in 19. The guy is still so young. I mean, he's 25 years old. I I, I think he has too much talent to be a guy who's going to be a 15-home run guy. I think the floor for him is 22, 23 home runs. But if he's going to give you – the steals like he did last year. He's going to give you double digit steals. This is a lineup that continues to get better here in New York. The guy's too talented. I I think he's given you 265 this year, 25 home runs projections on him for RBIs and runs are closer to like 75. I see 80, 80 right there with 15 stolen bases. And it's a nice value. He's, He's going around 160, 165 right now. I've gotten all shares of him going to be playing second base. Getting a second baseman that's going to put up those numbers at that spot, I think, is really nice. Uh, I call it. I know now. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. All right. What do we need to know now that we didn't know before, Deary? I want to talk about Otani a little bit. 
Everybody is all over this Otani love, which he put up one of the most amazing seasons of all time. I want to know what the floor is for Otani. We've seen the ceiling, but I want to know what the floor is for Otani. So he still struck out 29% of the time last year, which is just insane. What made him so legendary last year, he had a 22% barrel rate, 53% hard hit rate. Look at his second half. He only batted 229 in the second half, and he had only 13 home runs in the second half. Now, he also had 15 intentional walks in the second half, so he wasn't seeing as many pitches. So I'm just curious to know what the floor is. A lot of people are taking him. So we're talking just Otani the hitter. I mean, if you're getting the yeah. combo, he's he's a unicorn. He's a first-round pick no matter what if he's a unicorn. I am a little skeptical about the, the pitching metrics because sometimes he has the propensity to walk people. But – he, he's a high-end talent. He's going to strike people out. I think the Angels are going to win a lot more games. And you're, you're double-dipping if if you're able to play him in two spots. But I'm talking about just the hitter. I mean, I don't think he is a second-round second, second round pick if you're just taking him as a hitter. The floor here is probably 30 to 35 home runs, 90 runs, 90 RBIs, 20 stolen bases. That's probably late second round, but I don't see him – Batting 260, I think it, I see it more of 240 if he's going to strike out that much. I mean, it seems like the hard hit rate, there's, I mean, to keep up a 53% hard rate, hard hit rate and 22% barrel rate, that had to have been tops in the league last year. That was absolutely unbelievable. He had one of the most insane first halves of all time. I'm not awful, Tani, but I, I, I'm interested to see if things don't go well. Like, if you look at 2020, things did not go well in 2020, and a lot of people were off him. And that's why there was incredible value on Otani last year because he ended up putting up this amazing MVP season. A lot of people forgot about him. So be a little wary of where you're going to draft him because there could be other talent, you know, from corner outfield positions or utility positions that can give you similar numbers in those first couple rounds. I feel more comfortable drafting him as a hitter probably round three this year. Yes, sir. That won't happen. Otani is God, always will be. I <laughs> yeah, you're an Otani guy. I'm just a little skeptical. I, I, I would love for him to repeat what he did. I, I, I don't have any shares of him just because of where I was picking. But I, I, I want to question some of these, you know, deeper into the metrics. Can he still have that insane unicorn season that he put up last year? I don't see him at 50 again. If he does, he no, is no, God. No. If he, yeah. if he oh, is, yeah, he's yeah. God. He's God. Yeah. He is God. Brian K. Rodgers says, Vlad Sedler had this angle. Last year's bums. Torres fits right in, meaning not bad at all. It's not a bad thing to be last year's bum. Vlad scoops up players last year that were stunk for profit, and that is my MO. Vlad, uh, Vlad gets to be Roto God. That's fine. Vlad, We all have guts that we go off of, and Vlad copyrighted the gut, and he'll have it for life. I love Vlad. He's one of my favorite people of all time in this business, bar none. But I have always maintained that you hit up players who shit the bed last year, not the players who blew it out last year. We're going to have a bit of regression. It's just a simple game of numbers, and it's always been this way. I've been playing fantasy baseball for 22-plus years. Deary, you understand this just as much as I do. You, you, you got to find the guy. And just because they had one bad season doesn't mean it's over. And just because they had a godlike season doesn't mean it's going to continue. This this That's is what's amazing. Pounce. Yeah, this is what's amazing about the, the era that we live in is you can get so far deep into to the, the metrics and, and 
and looking deeper into why these guys are good, you know, some of the StatCast stuff that can give you a little closer to an answer of what it may have been 15, 16 years ago when you're just like looking at their five by five cats. In the StatCast era, you can look for reasons on why there could be a bounce back. Oh, yeah. Here's something you need to know that you didn't know. Hazel Cesardo is ready to change the game. He's ready to take it up a notch and go to the next level, baby. He's on the Marlins now. He's out of Oakland. He pitched almost 100 innings last year. It wasn't a lot of valuable innings, but it certainly was promising. And I saw value. There was blowups. There's still progress that had to be made. And he's still going to learn a lot and go through the motions this year. Where he's being drafted right now and how talented he is. And he's on the Marlins, who are the masters of developing the changeup. It's just what they do. Their proclivity to give pitchers almost unlimited access to their potential is almost bar none. It's about as good as anybody or any team in the Major League Baseball. And Hazelus Lazardo is super talented already. And he is going to light up the National League this year. I don't care if there's a DH now, which means he got one more batter to worry about. Who cares? He is an elite talent. And I am jumping all over his ADP right now just for the same reason I was with Gliber because he's too talented. And it's just a matter of time. So I'm all in. Give me Jesus Lodardo. Thank me later. Make sure you're picking him up and taking a flyer because at the ADP he's going at since March 1st, you're not really risking much. He goes around mm-hmm. 300 or so with Kyle Hendricks, who's also being underrated. Uh, Cal Quantrill, Carlos Carrasco. I mean, some of these guys are injury prone. I want nothing to do with. But Hazel Luce Lazardo is right mixed in there with Steven Strasburg. Would you rather have Strasburg or Luzardo? It's a no-brainer to me. You take Luzardo. He's not a health risk. Strasburg is. Andrew Haney, who's being drafted right above Jesus Luzardo? No. No. Give me Luzardo. It's a done deal. He's going to produce. This is not a dynasty play. I'm talking redraft this year. So if you didn't know, now you know. Uh, how many... How many innings does he get this year in Miami? He had 95 innings oh, last year between two teams. 140. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that's probably on the high end. I mean, he's a guy who, I mean, 95 innings last year was the most he had ever pitched. Back in 2018, he had 78 innings in Oakland. He's the a guy who has him for 103. 103. That's the bats projection on him. And by the way, okay. dear, I just realized this. We got to start doing shine around the pine. It's that time of year. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, here's what's concerning about Lissardo is his fastball. He's got to be able to get people out with his fastball. And his issue the last two years was walks, which was not an issue before that. So I feel like he can figure out that walk issue. But that fastball has got to be a little little better for him to be a major league talent. He has a, a fantastic slider, one of the best sliders in the game for a prospect. Here's who he think I think he could become. He could become a Julio Urias. Remember when Urias came up with the Dodgers? Mm. We were seeing him in the bullpen a little bit. He would get spot starts. Last year was his big breakout, right? I think Lasardo has similar stuff to him. I was all in on Lasardo last year, um, yeah. and it just didn't it just didn't work out. It was injury issues. It was walk issues. He moved on to Miami, and this is where I know you're excited because you know what Miami does with their pitchers. They have a fantastic pitching staff. The NL East is going to be so much fun to watch. Maybe not the Nationals because I think they're going to have a hard time, you know, 
stopping some of these elite offenses in the National League. But look, you talked about Lasardo and where you're getting him at in ADP. And every single guy you mentioned, I like the upside and the prospect prospect pedigree of Lasardo. So I like that. And if you don't know, now you know, you know, you know. Okay, Jerry, give us one more here. One more. If you don't know, now you know. Yeah, let's go Ben Intendi here, folks. Uh, ADP oh. 191 right now. This guy's only 27 years old. He had a really nice season last year with the Royals. It was a great bounce back. His K rate is back in order. Throw out that disastrous 2020 and 14 games, which he was a disaster. He was much better against off-speed stuff last year. He's a guy who can give you double-digit steals. He had the best barrel rate and hard hit rate of his career last year. Here's what I like. This is a left-handed bat who batted over 300 against lefties last year. He's going to bat in the middle of the order for Casey. Also has 20 home run plus potential. And he batted 342 over his last 31 games. Guy's 27 years old. Going to give you possible five-cat production. I like Benintendi this year at the spot you're getting them. Benintendi! Yeah, good times with the Royals. They are going to be an underrated offensive force. I really see that. I think the AL Central overall will be much more valuable from an offensive perspective than it has in a long time, Deary. Uh, my last one here is... It's Mark Canna. Mark Canna signed a deal with the Mets. Now, we just talked about the uh, vaccination issues that could be coming up for Mets and Yankees players. I hope Mark Canna's vaccinated. I really do. He signed a three-year, $32 million deal, I believe, off the top of my head. And he's going to start and play. People are worried. I think there's a lot of unspoken panic here about too many cooks, right? There's too many damn hitters there that people don't know what's going to happen with them. It's like, well, uh, what's going to happen with... McNeil and what about JD Davis remember him and that was a problem and I get all that I do I respect that too many dicks dicks, sure but he wouldn't sign with them if he didn't think he was going to start and vice versa sure you try to sign players injuries happen you want to have depth the Mariners are loading up on players galore right but Mark Canna is too valuable to be sitting on the bench. So I don't give a shit about J.D. Davis or Dominic Smith. And I know there's a lot of chaos there. And it seems like, boy, how can this guy find the playing time? But I'm telling you, he's going to play. That's why he signed there. And don't mm-hmm. think it won't happen. And don't think he's not just going to be serviceable or average. He's going to provide you with a lot more than that, okay? Mark Canna is a WRC plus guru in a way. Some people say W. <laughs> guru. Gotta got to say it every show. Guru. Gotta be a guru. Some people say that weighted runs created plus doesn't necessarily translate ideally to fantasy baseball, but I would disagree with that. I love guys that I can see above 100. Anybody who's at 120 or higher, I'm very much interested when it comes to WRC plus. And Mark Hanna gets on base. He doesn't hit for a great average, but he also hits for a better average in his career than what he did last year. Last year, there were some injuries that popped up. Yes, he hasn't played a full season ever. <laughs> I know that. That's true. <laughs> but he also hasn't missed, like, he had a couple of years there in 26 and 17. He played 16 games and 57 games. But since then, 2018 onwards, he's been there for the most part, at least 120 games played or more. And that includes stolen bases. He had 12 last year, and that was a career high. He can steal bags, and he's not going to hit in a part of the lineup where I think his steals will be jeopardized. I really don't. 
So I think 10 steals are definitely in play and easily his pop goes up here, dearie. That's the other thing. Now he's out of Oakland, his home run potential. I'm expecting him to hit a new career high in home runs. His career high is 26 from 2019. I think he can easily match that playing in city field and then the NL East with the DH two. So I don't really see the negative here. I'm, if you want to come at me with the too many cooks argument, too many cooks. I get that, but I, I'm not worried about the other bats. I'm not. They signed him. They want him. Mark Hanna is also cheap. Go get his ass and make him your fourth or your third outfielder on a 15-team league. I really see that as a no-brainer. You think he's he's opening day left field left fielder for them? He's going to win that over over Dom yes. Smith or uh, JD. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be trades here that happen, and mm-hmm. Canada's not the one who's going to be traded because they signed him. Yeah. So I'm expecting Canada to absolutely be starting, and I have no fears about it. I have none at all. There's no fear here about Mark Canna. I, I mean, shit. I mean, roster resource has him batting sixth right now for That's the fine. Mets. That's great. That's I absolutely, I absolutely love that. That's going to jump up his RBI opportunities. I think Pete Alonso is going to have a, a beast year. I think Lindor bounces back. Starling Marte was a fantastic pickup. If Brandon Nimmo can stay healthy, that guy is on base constantly for the Mets this year. He could be in the leadoff spot. But if if Nimmo goes down type some type of injury or you're trying to play the matchups here, Canada's a guy that can lead off because he's got a little bit of uh, you know, speed as well. I like Mark Canna where yeah. you're getting him at. I understand he's 33 years old, but it's not like he's got wear and tear on this body because no. he's, he hasn't played a ton of games, but there's a reason the Mets went out and got him. He's a guy who has some pedigree who can get on base and swipe a few bags as well. Where you're getting at, getting him at, I, I like Mark Canna, but I am afraid that maybe everything falls apart for him and things don't work out early or maybe Dom Smith or J.D. Davis start getting more run because they're, they're guys that are six, seven years younger, and maybe Canna falls off. But with that DH, and you know what happens with the Mets, it all seems to work out. Like you said, they always seem to have too many cooks, <laughs> but then somebody seems to get injured, and then someone's going to get someone's gonna get all the playing time. So where you're getting Canna at, it's a nice flyer. Telling you. He's the well, 70, 72nd outfielder being taken. 275 ADP since March 1st on NFBC. He's surrounded by guys like Garrett Hampson, Will Myers, Tommy Pham. And he's going later than guys like Ramel Tapia, who I do like. Lane Thomas, pff, Julio Rodriguez. Now with all these trades for Seattle, Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, really- I, I don't think we're going to see him this year unless there's an injury or they're you know, on a run to try to make the playoffs and, and they bring him up for some pop. We might not see Julio now. Cause Jesse Winker is Julio Rodriguez, except he's way more advanced and he's already proven yeah. himself at MLB level. Yeah. It's I love, I love, Winker. I love that lineup. Now Ty France might bet fourth for them now. Like I am all over Ty France, Ooh. which I was before. Now it's like, shit, this guy could have a hundred RBIs. Yep. I'm with you, man. Uh, but the parade continues here. Mark Canha. It's more valuable to me than these guys going before him. Harrison Bader, Charlie Blackman, Joe Adele. I like Joe Adele. Uh, Jesus Sanchez. Mm -hmm. A lot of people love Jesus Sanchez. Mm -hmm. Enrique Hernandez. Fuck that. I'd rather have Mark Canna over Enrique Hernandez, who's going at 212 ADP. Who's the the first group of guys you talked about? You talk about Lane Thomas, who's probably going to lead off for the Nationals, but that lineup, 
I mean, they did get Nelson Cruz, which helps them out. Besides, like, Soto, yeah. and I think Josh Bell has a nice season. I don't know. If, if, He's run if, by Hampson and Fam, Tapia. I like him better Marcus. than Hampson, and I like him better than, yeah. 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 Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Look. I mean, if, if he plays 135 games, I think it's a good value. Uh, I want to do this next segment, but I want to give it time. So let's take the last segment we're going to do. and We'll push it to next week, which is our stay away. Choose this dude instead. So cool, because I, I next week I want to talk about the hype machine. Uh, actually, uh, we're doing a show on Thursday, right? We're doing two a week now. We're doing Thursday, right? We can do Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing two shows a week now. We're stepping it up. So we'll be back on Thursday where we'll do that. So actually, since we're not going to do the last segment, let's do th- we cut off one player from this segment because we thought we were running over. So let's just do the last player we each had for if you don't know, now you know, and then we'll get out of here, dearie. Go ahead. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's Alex Bregman for me. So you got to remember what Bregman was <laughs> a few thrilled. years ago. What's that? No, I'm not thrilled about talking about Alex Bregman. But I think he get, gets – maybe he's not back to 35 home run power, but I have him as my, my fifth – third baseman a lot of people have him sixth or seventh but i mean he's going to be fully healthy here's what you're getting from him you're getting a great walk rate real nice k rate that is going to be down now his speed has been down the last couple years but here's why i think the speed has been down he's had a poor hamstring and he had a wrist issue so sometimes wrist issues you're not going to steal as many bags when you're sliding head head first into second second base so maybe he wasn't going all out so the sprint speed is down a little bit which which concerns me but i still think he could possibly get you seven or eight stolen bases the launch angle was also down the last couple years barrel and hard hit rate is back up the exit velocity was back up last year I think 30 home runs is a possibility again, and this is still an excellent offense. I think this is a guy in Alex Bregman that it's dependable. The guy is still young. He's in his mid to late 20s now. He's still young. It's a good lineup that he's in. I think a lot of people are fading him just because they think he, after his last couple of seasons that it's all gone away. It's not just going to go away for a guy like Alex Bregman, similar to Gleyber Torres. It just doesn't go away when you're a talent like you are Sure, he's not a top three third baseman anymore, but I think he's now settled around the value that makes more sense with the possibility of being a top, you know, 45 player. So I do like Alex Bregman this year. I think he's dependable if he is healthy this year. And if you don't know, now you know, you know, you know. Or completely stay away. Do whatever the fuck you want. Alex Bregman is yeah. a very talented. Everything you said, I agree with. You said it all, my friend. You said it all. I'll close out with Giovanni Gallegos. He's not going to close. You don't like closers, Mike. You don't like closers. Well, I don't like how highly he's been drafted. Giovanni Gallegos yeah. was drafted all offseason like he's the stud closer. It's a done deal. I know. Shout out to our guy, Paul Spore, who's like the Giovanni Gallegos truther. Which is cool, Paul. Do your thing, man. But no, no. You know, there's too many bullpen arms in that situation with the Cardinals for me to commit myself to Giovanni Gallegos as the closer without a doubt from the get-go. I'm just not doing it. His ADP since March 1st is 131. It's too high for me. I am not abandoning Alex Reyes. I know Alex Reyes walked people like a motherfucker. That's for sure. Last year, it was brutal. It was almost legendary. The walk rate was bloated. It was like six 
for nine, I think. And everybody was talking about it, but yet he continued to get saves. And so much so, because that's how good of a pitcher he is. Despite all the walks, he was able to get himself out of jams. I think he set the Cardinals record for most consecutive saves to start a season or Mm -hmm. all time in the organization. I'll have to double check that, but that did happen. And Alex Reyes is not gone. I know they changed managers and I really feel like Mike Schilt was fired because it has something to do with his bullpen management. And we all know that Reyes gave up the walk-off homer to Bellinger to close out the NL wildcard game last year. And I think there's some mm-hmm. nefarious shit going on between all them. But the bottom line is, I'm not taking Gallegos this high. I like him as a pitcher. I'll take him as a possible closer. But the absolute certainty that Gallegos has been drafted with over the last few months, that's alarming to me. And I've got real issues with that, my friend. I, I am off that. I'll take him later. But I think Alex Reyes can close. Uh, Jordan Hicks, the corpse of Jordan Hicks. I don't know if he's still going to be relevant or not. But there's too many arms and too many options for the Cardinals for me to lock in on Gallegos, who is a rock-solid pitcher. Don't get me wrong. But don't be telling me that I have to take Gallegos around 130 overall in my draft. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I think you can wait on that. I mean, Jordan Hicks was the guy that I thought had the most talent a couple of years ago they're talking about stretching him out. They've talked a little bit about stretching Reyes out because I guess oh, they're not loving what they have in that rotation, that. which that rotation, I mean, you got 40-year-old Adam Wainwright. Uh, Flaherty was healthy last year. He looked nice. Dakota Hudson's back. He's gonna Steven be Matz is over there now. You never know what you're getting from Matz. And then Mikolash, like, I mean, come on. I mean, this is a really weak starting pitching staff, and no one's going to blow you away in that bullpen and to think that Gallegos is a top 10 relief pitcher and closer, I, I just don't see it right now. I, I think there's guys that are just as talented, if not more talented, or guys that have no talent that are probably going to give you the same numbers. I mean, if the Cardinals are going to be in the race, which I think they always seem to be in the race because they're the fucking Cardinals, they're probably making a move at the deadline to get somebody from another team. But at 130, I mean, unless you're getting one of those top six, seven closers, I think you can scoop them up on the on the waiver wire or just wait for No, 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 no. Could you if Gregory Soto for the Tigers ends up being their closer the whole year, I think you probably get the same numbers out of Soto that you could get from Gallegos. I mean, Soto has the propensity to walk people, but hey. Okay, if Soto goes down, maybe Michael Former becomes the guy. I think I think a hundred spots later you could get the same type of value as you could possibly getting with Gallegos. Damn right, man. They got Genesis Cabrera. I really like he's got a lively arm. People will tell you he's left-handed, so he can't close. Well, fuck that. That doesn't matter necessarily. There's been left-handed closers who did well. I'm telling you now, there's a lot of pitchers in that bullpen. Nick Whitgren is a guy who's closed games before. He's in that mm-hmm. bullpen. And the Cardinals just signed one of our pals from the Tigers, dearie, Drew Verhagen. So watch out for that. <laughs> it's just, it's Which just is, not a, a like. Joke, by the way, that's called sarcasm. It, it's this is a bullpen that just does not jump out at me at all. Yeah, uh, Arthur Tornabinzales, Art, my main man. What's up, Art? That's just Art, little cheesecake from the Triple Play podcast. He loves to hide under this moniker, which would fool people who don't know Art. <laughs> Art. Flaherty injured again. (laughs) Flaherty injured again. Flaherty undergoing medical evaluation on shoulder. I'm always off Flaherty. I don't like Flaherty. No, thank you. So, yeah. Thanks, Art. That's love you, buddy. (laughs) Yes, we do love you. 
that is it. And there it is. So if you didn't know it, now you know it. And if you don't know, now you know, you know, you know. We did it. That's a show. I think we'll call that a show, ladies and gentlemen. This is like well, old man. times, Mike, doing two-hour shows, shooting the yeah, shit, talking ball. This is fantastic. That's right. We're back to Baghdad, dearie. It's wonderful to be doing this full-time. We got baseball to talk about. No more CBA disasters. It's only going to get better from here. So, as I've stated from the beginning of the show today, two L's, two Z's, Utah. Twitter handle, Give me two. YouTube sub, five-star review on Apple and Spotify, please. A five-star review would really help the show grow. We're growing a little bit more with Patreon is live. You can find that on the Twitter handle. CDeary1999, MJ Govier, if you want to hit us up individually, personally on Twitter. And the Discord is live. The Discord is going to have a bunch of cool, it has a bunch of cool shit in it. So if you want to get connected with us and you want the unique Palazzo experience, sign up, get your ass in there and go from there. It's baseball season, Deary, and we are counting down the day. Spring training tomorrow. Are you going to watch a game, you think? You think you'll check out a spring training game on a Wednesday. I hope we at least get a radio call. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to listen. Watch. I'm in. <laughs> He's in folks. It's He's baseball excited. time. You can We're three weeks away, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it just crept. It just crept up so quickly. It, it's creeping. Can but, we talk Thursday about two things I want to talk about? I'll okay, talk about Tati. I want to talk about Tatis and Acuna on Thursday. Okay, well, we'll fire up the document and we'll make that happen. It's your show too, Deary. You say it, we do it. Deary and me together trying to do what we do best, talking baseball, having a good time, having some laughs, but making sure that you understand where we stand so you can win money in your fantasy leagues. That's what it's all about. Matthew Z says, how many more seasons does Kershaw have left in him? I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. Um, This could be his last season... I mean, it all depends what goes on with that elbow and forearm. It seems like he's somewhat healthy, but it hasn't really started any type of throwing program yet. We might not see him until May. You're probably only getting about 135, 140 innings out of him. I don't know. It could be one of those Kofax things. You get 10 of the best seasons of all time, and then that's it. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you, man. He's a mystery right now, just like DeGrom and some of these other pitching mysteries. I don't want anything to do with it. I'd rather take my business elsewhere. I said this on the In This League pod earlier tonight on my brief appearance. Shout out to Welsh and Bogman. Love both of you guys. And Sleepy K was on there. Mike Curley, of course, who writes for The Athletic. You should be following Sleepy K. And all of his spring training lineup stuff is outstanding. It will help you. Mike Curlin, follow him. But I said it on the In This League pod that pitching depth is huge this year. There is so much available to you, especially at the starting pitching position. That's how I see it. That's what my analysis is starting to tell me. So I don't need to do Kershaw. I can go elsewhere. I mean, Brady Singer now is like a 400th plus pick. I think he's 388 ADP now. Guys like that are a good example of mm-hmm. someone I'll wait on. Yeah. I mean, the value for Kershaw is fine because it's way down there right now. And if, you know, you get – Three, four months out of him, I still feel like he'll be effective if he's, if he's healthy. I just don't know if he's oh, going yeah. to be healthy the whole season. I mean, I ended up getting stuck with him in the name to be late later league because I need another starting pitching pitcher for one year because all my other guys are young or not dependable. I needed one more guy, so 
I ended up spending over twenty million on Kershaw. I only gave him a one year deal, but I had to oh. get a I had to get a fifth pitcher. Well done. I didn't know you signed Kershaw. Okay, good for you. Gary's the owner of the Nationals, by the way, for those of you that don't know. Okay, we're done. We're out of here. That's it. Christopher Deary, Michael Govier. It's always a pleasure. Love doing the show with you. Share with your friends. Spread the word. We're trying to grow. The more we grow, the more we can learn from others. And the goal one day is to have big-time actual baseball players on this podcast. We want to interview them. (laughs) So we want to make that happen. We want to include them in the fantasy talk because, you know, they're playing it too. Don't fool yourselves. All right. Thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Russell Crowe taking you home now. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.